This week's episode of Talking Simpsons is brought to you by you. That's right, we're on Patreon now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons. For as little as $5 a month, you can help our show and get all kinds of great extra content on top of that. We've got a ton of great bonus content waiting for you right now, so head on over to patreon.com slash talking simpsons today. I heartily endorse this event or product. Ahoy hoy everybody and welcome to Talking Simpsons where we educate as well as horrify. I'm your host Bob, Grandpa's little helper Mackie, and this is the Laser Time Podcast Network's chronological exploration of the Simpsons. Who else is here with me today? Uh, Henry Gilbert, and can we stop at Flickies? <laughs> and who else? I'm Dave Rudden and I need the biggest seed belly you have. And we should mention Chris Antista <laughs> is out on assignments. Yes, no, uh, he's enjoying a much-earned vacation. I do feel a little bad he's missing out on this one because I bet it is one of his favorites. I'm sorry, Chris. But today's episode is Itchy and Scratchy Land. Now remember, we're in the itchy lot. <laughs> and uh, this episode aired on October 2nd, 1994. And not as always, Henry will tell us what happened on this day in history. <gasps> Oh boy, Bobby! An NHL lockout begins that'll stretch until January 11th. Harriet Nelson of Ozzy and Harriet dies, and the Rolling Stones' Voodoo Lounge Tour becomes the highest-grossing tour ever! Have the and Voodoo Lounge <laughs> Tour killed. Yeah, I mean, this was the era in which the, the first wave of the Rolling Stones are too old jokes were happening, yeah. and uh, they're still performing, and Keith Richards still alive. Uh, fingers crossed, not, Talking yeah. Simpsons curse, knock on wood. Yes, but 23 years ago, I, yeah. I am certain that has been, that record of highest grossing thing has been shattered like 18 times over. It was when they realized how much they could fleece the baby boomers, or they're just like, <laughs> oh, baby boomers have a lot of money now. If we charge $600 for tickets, like they'll pay it but just think how hollow their bones must be now they're, yeah. they're probably yes. bird-like in appearance <laughs> though they're like skexies though talking about like price of tickets that upcoming or has happened uh conor mcgregor oh, yeah. a Floyd mayweather fight they're like they say like oh there's three thousand tickets left yeah the of the cheap tickets left they're thirty five hundred dollars wow like they, they're going to make eighty million dollars just on the seats yeah. even hamilton can't trade for that <laughs> well speaking of violence the oh, uh, the yes. nhl lockout i remember that being substantial because i came a couple months after the entire mlb world series was canceled mm-hmm. but they never they didn't cancel the stanley cup they no. it got it they still were able to finish the season obviously was this like, a strike um, yeah it i was, think it was it a lockout or a strike uh, well I think, I think a lockout. it is officially called a lockout yeah. it is it was the players taking action that they uh, had renegotiated a thing and with the the companies and the and the companies were trying to get another like pay cap yeah. which they did not want so yeah. they mm-hmm. just said then we're not coming and uh, they didn't make a deal and by january 11th they made a deal and even though they missed 485 games mm-hmm. they still finished out the season they resumed it though to me it feels like nhl postseason is like half the year yeah half the, it's, it, it's it nba forever it's nba like where it's like the top eight teams in each conference get <laughs> so 16 out of 32 teams are in the playoffs it's like mm-hmm. eh, it's not really high stakes if half of the league makes it to the playoffs yeah though i mean it it takes more time but if yeah. you actually want to know who the best team yeah. is then you need that much stuff you don't need like 
like the NCAA yeah. March Madness. It's just you get one game, and yeah. if you lose that, boom, you are out of there. I have nothing to add to this conversation. <laughs> uh, today's episode is it's in Scratchy Land. Well, i got to say, this is the first episode of production season six, and boy, wow. does it get off to a huge, amazing start it in this is, season. They, they were right out the gate with just a fantastic episode directed by Wes Archer, yeah. who uh, this is him kind of flexing the muscles he would use as uh, the supervising director of Rick and Morty. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, he is doing that now. Mm-hmm. And there's an interesting story to how this episode came into being. If you listen to the commentary, mm-hmm. David Merkin said that the government was beginning to start cracking down more on TV violence. This was the era in which there was also a freak out about video game violence. And Fox mm-hmm. was like, okay, David Merkin, you can't use Itchy and Scratchy anymore. <laughs> and he's like, I will, I will not only use Itchy and Scratchy, I will make an entire episode about <laughs> Itchy and Scratchy, so fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> and I think later he questioned uh, Fox, like Fox told him, oh, we've been getting letters about Itchy and Scratchy. He's like, show me one letter. And they couldn't. And I'm so impressed that he was able to tell this story on a Fox-produced DVD yeah. about how bad and stupid the network was. But this is his revenge against network suits trying to get him to tone down on the violence. I, I do like that. I do think, you know, even with Itchy and Scratchy, they still were... This isn't as bloody as, say, Bart of Darkness had some bloodier yeah. stuff of Itchy and Scratchy, but I love that he went overboard with that and that he is... It wasn't that parents were coming up to him. It was that it was that an executive was telling him parents exist. Yeah. And I, I, I'm glad this episode that exists as a kind of fuck you to those people and also a thing i missed in our season five wrap-up that i want to mention now is in the simpsons history this on august 7th is when the simpsons returned to the sunday night time slot and oh. has been there ever since the last so 23 years it was years. a thursday so for four years it was a thursday for seasons two three four and five yeah. and so then with a rerun on august 7th it made mm. its move to sunday nights wow. where it has remained ever since partially they did it to buoy their sunday night lineup that was going to start having nfl games so that it was it was done in conjunction with that but by boost they mean get interrupted all the time (laughs) yes yeah Yeah, i mean sunday is the the simpsons night it just feels weird that it was ever on thursday at this point i know all just to defeat bill cosby which uh you know (laughs) yeah i can't even it's annoying you can't even talk about no he did himself in in the end so yes uh this episode begins with basically a glorified ad for itchy and scratchy land baked yes. within an itchy and scratchy cartoon <laughs> yeah i i like the itchy and scratchy cartoon last last traction hero oh right uh, another the, last action hero reference which if you want to learn all about that listen to the boy who knew too much uh, podcast we <laughs> did but i did like the simple pain of scratchy like going like, he's, <laughs> he's bleeding from all the little pinpricks and he's getting kind of tired of like yeah uh, Losing a lot of blood here, <laughs> and uh, I do like the mislead. Like we're tick, we're cutting ticket prices in half, yes. and he just stabs him in the brain yes. instead yeah. of cutting the ticket in half. Yeah, here is the commercial. Now I'd like to speak to you seriously for a moment. Yep, this week is the grand opening of Itchy and Scratchy Land, the violentest place on earth. And to celebrate for this week only, we're cutting ticket prices in half. Yo! <laughs> Kids, you heard the cartoon rat. If you haven't already run to your parents begging to go, do it now. You won't be missing anything funny. I'll just be sitting here reading this grown-up's newspaper. (laughs) Go now! (laughs) It's funny, they never had to talk more before or since than in that cartoon. I mean, they talked in the bad Marge-produced cartoon. More lemonade? Yeah. And and in the Poochie episode, like, you look like you have something (laughs) to say. 
do you? It's, it's a, not a great voice to keep up with a conversation, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it, it's also, I thought this was directly a joke on all the TGIF shows that went to Disney theme parks <laughs> oh, at I this see very that. same time. Where, like, having Roseanne or the step-by-step yeah. kids say, isn't this cool? Man, Disney World has so many cool things. <laughs> so I have to point out, okay, we have to discuss this off the bat, where, like, what, again, uh, this came up in the Itchy and Scratchy movie mm-hmm. episode. It is, what is Itchy and Scratchy in relation to Krusty the Clown? And mm-hmm. In Itchy and Scratchy the movie, they were established to be a Disney-like creation, and they were part of a Disney-like empire, and that's continued in this episode itself. But what is Krusty's relationship? Does he work for the Itchy and Scratchy mm-hmm. company? Does he Is he an employee? Well, I mean, does he just buy the rights to show the cartoons? It's so weird. Well, at that point, at some point, they went to the Gabo show. So oh, they yeah. are so they are gettable. Yeah, yes. they aren't. They aren't owned by Krusty Lou Studios. I, I think it is a licensing yeah. deal that Krusty engages in, and partially he got paid more yeah. money by Russ Meyer Jr. to advertise Itchy and Scratchy Land in that episode. Is there any Itchy and Scratchy logos or or characters in uh, Krusty Burger? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't so. think so. No, no. Krusty Burger is kind of his own thing, though, yeah. which actually I think we'll mm. probably get into a little more in this episode. But at the Universal Studios theme park, mm. Itchy and Scratchy Land and Krusty Land are kind of the same thing yeah. in that area, in, in in the area that replaced Back to the Future, as we talked about mm. on a Laser Time episode. Yeah. But, but in front of there, it's kind of a combo Itchy and Scratchy Land, Krusty Land. I think they, they mix them up together. But I... Mm. I do see it as just it's like Bozo the Clown shows Popeye cartoons, right? And if there, if Popeye were successful enough, maybe King Features would pay him to be like, "Hey, advertise the new Popeye attraction." But, but he does not own Popeye. I was kind of surprised that, like, it was just like my memory that I haven't seen this episode in a number of years. That like, mm-hmm. oh well, Krusty reads something from the paper on the show, uh, <laughs> yes, uh, but that's yeah. that's Corey. Corey's the one who reads the paper. Yeah, uh, uh, Krusty's grown-up newspaper is a racing form, so wow. he's clearly uh, like interested in betting and, uh, and anything that's happening on his show. That, that just so clearly says racing <laughs> yeah. form. Yeah, on it. So yeah. it could be part of the sports section where mm-hmm. where I grew up. Like they would have racing forms in the sports section. Though, like, yeah. I, why do I need to know what horses are racing at Yonkers? Krusty's <laughs> <laughs> not trying as hard with this as he did at Mount Splashmore. Was that's that? true. Uh, maybe I, Itchy and Scratchy didn't pony up yeah. the dough to send him to, to That's this true. place. He was recording all week at Mount Splash where he's probably mm. really getting into it, yeah. you know? So many memories. <laughs> <laughs> Despite the fact that Homer goes to church every Sunday and started his own religion, he did not know what the Bible was or who Jesus was until buying that Bible. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> like a $15 Bible? Yeah. I Talk figured, about it. I figured they're either yeah. super expensive or free. There's no easier yeah. book to get for free than the Bible. Yeah. Maybe Atlas Shrugged, but uh, the <laughs> yeah. Bible's a close second, they, I think. They, well, they gotta give it away. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so we get a repeat of, can we get a pool dad, can we get a pool dad, or all the can, the repetition yeah. of Simpson-y children stuff, but Homer has learned a new strategy. Pass the buck to mom, which, <laughs> yeah. is, which is what dad's, uh, well, my dad had done mm. that. I, I had learned that, no, I actually need to ask my mom for these things. Yeah. Like, dad is technically the figurehead in this, <laughs> but mom will actually buy the thing and spend the money so. and they immediately start cheering when they realize they can ask marge because yes, they know yeah. they've won <laughs> yeah they, they've got a better Yay! chance yeah. but 
I just, uh, oh yeah, I love the specificness of Marge talking about the Highway Night yeah. Bird Sanctuary. It and, sounds like a very Oakley and Weinstein yeah. thing too. And that front-on look at them from above, like <laughs> that is just yeah. an iconic. <gasps> yeah, that's a great, that's a great pose and great yeah. expression we've never seen before or since. Yeah, just, uh, it's so just such shock and sadness. <laughs> One, and I have been in that position. This is going to be a lot of suburban mm-hmm. middle-class kids uh. complaining about their free vacations as a kid, but I did have that feeling a couple times as a kid of like I. Have no control over this mm-hmm. vacation i don't want to do this thing but it's yeah. where my parents want to go the worst one was uh high lie like mm-hmm. my dad really Ugh. wanted us to see live high lie he's like well i i bet on this through closed circuit tv at the racetrack but i want to see live <laughs> well, my lie. favorite high lie stars are going to be there <laughs> <laughs> Bariaga, Bariaga, <laughs> and, and but it gets high lie is fun for seven seconds <laughs> and then you're just like boy mm-hmm. well especially if you can't bet on it, yeah. it's no fun. Yeah. It's not fun if you can't. The, the, the only reason highlight is fun is if you gamble. I'm not going to have any stories like that because my family didn't go on vacations. I would just go with my friends if they went to an amusement park or something uh, nearby. But it, uh, it was basically like my, my parents weren't mean, but they're like, we built a pool, swim in the pool. It's like that's that's your vacation. It's like a, it's a little resort in your backyard. Yeah, I think my my family went on vacations, but my dad really hated the travel and other people and also the driving. Like I won't basically everything involved. <laughs> My dad's an angry guy, but uh, but I I I won't forgive him for like not wanting to be around other people and mm-hmm. disliking that. But I do understand he is like I want to go on cruises because driving sucks, and mm-hmm. I don't want to do a giant road trip because I'm the one doing the driving, and it's. So I get that's why he prefers cruises. Of I go here, I don't have to buy. I, it's all expenses oh, yeah. paid, and I can gamble. <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, so then the the children find a better way to convince Marge. Mom, Dad, Marge, Dad. <gasps> that's right. Dead serious about going to Itchy and Scratchy Land. You know, Itchy and Scratchy Land isn't just for kids. They have a place called Parents Island. Hmm? Yeah, dancing, bowling, fashionable shops, over 100 bars and saloons, and a world-class chemical dependency center. <gasps> TV Town! Hammockland! Ooh, recipe-related bumper cars. <gasps> <gasps> yeah! <laughs> I included Man. that little pause there because... I don't understand it. Like did, it feels yeah. like an editing mistake or something. It just holds I, on I, them. Is, I, them I, is the kids being presumptuous? Like they kind of like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think they're processing what's yeah. happening in front yeah. of them, and then they just both decide, yes, yes, we are going. But I mean, this does remind me as uh, when I was a kid, if you wanted to talk your parents into something that you also wanted to do, it's like, yeah. what would the adults want out mm-hmm. of this equation? It, Trying to it, like have a sales pitch ready. It, it taught you negotiation yeah. as a kid, because you realize like you won't just convince them of saying, I want to do this. Like There is nothing <laughs> in it for them. And I now read Parents Island as Epcot, or at least yeah. that's what was in my mind when I went to Epcot as someone of drinking age. who's just like, this is educational, so there's fewer children here. It has all the best food and drinks, which is a child I did not give a shit about. And I want to go to every country and buy the crap. Like, I loved Epcot, and I, I the whole time I was there, I was like, this is Parents yeah. Island. And I, have then, a, I have a real soft spot for the recipe-related bumper cars. <laughs> just, what is that? Do yeah. you read a recipe yeah. while you're on the bumper car? Do you get to take a recipe home with you? It's <laughs> great that Marge wants to learn something while on a bumper car. <laughs> it's true, yeah. And meanwhile, Homer just wants to 
be in mul- many different hammocks. Watching TV. Which she'll or... really enjoy when he gets to go to the hammock district. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, years. the hammock district. And the Bart's dead bit, I thought that <laughs> was... I th- I remember that being in the promos, like yeah. the commercials for it. Of, Bart's dead, what? Like, <laughs> it's going to get you to get you to watch it. It's a nice little fake out. But And we get like a very lazy Amish joke, which like, I get it, Amish people don't <laughs> do stuff. It's... A few episodes after the uh, an Amish guy told them they weren't building a pool. That's true. Yeah. And But... I, I did go to Amish country plenty of times because it was right across the border in Pennsylvania. And, uh, I mean, you go there, you uh, feel bad for the kids who can't play Nintendo, you buy some candy and some weird toys, and you go home. Uh, my grandma liked it a lot. No, it's, it's, they seem fine. I, I never went to it either. I, I'm just tired of Amish jokes. Every comedy has done an Amish joke because it's an easy, it's an easy way to make fun of strict Christian fundamentalism yeah. and, and a demographic of people who, uh, David Tell has this great joke about. <laughs> It. Uh, they says like oh the Amish jokes why are you doing that it's like yeah because they'll never see this and they won't be offended <laughs> same with Eskimos or as I call them snow Mexicans <laughs> <laughs> David tells very funny but yeah. the, but I at least liked in the Amish joke that it implied Homer bought like 12 ice cream yeah. cones only to shove them on people's faces. And, and donkeys, too. And, and donkeys. where did he get the ice cream? I don't think the Amish would sell ice cream. Isn't yeah, it too wait sweet? Wait a minute. Mm, it's the devil's cream. They're willing to play ball with electricity if it means they can sell you something. Uh, yeah. yeah. Then we have the Shark Boy Sandy yes. Beach scene, which is cute, but obviously it's the it's it's Jaws. It's the oh, yeah. Jaws scene. The, the Lisa and Marge sitting up is directly from Oh, you're right, yeah. And those were weirdly, they're kind of framed as like, oh, remember this old episode kind of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Where I thought, like, oh, these are going to just be flashbacks to old episodes, but they're, they're new footage, which mm. is not, like, it's pretty substantial that they went to, like, they made new locations just mm. for these things. Yeah, I, I just wish... They said when we went to Sandy Beach, I wish they would have just said Amity Island. Yeah, like, we get the reference. Just say you went. Is to Sandy Canada. Beach a real place? I don't think I so. I went th- on Google Maps, and apparently there is a Sandy Beach near Oakland. But I'm mm. thinking there could be several hundred Sandy beaches I mean, throughout America. There's probably as many Sandy beaches as there are Springfields. Springfields, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but Homer packs every annoying tourist accessory: <laughs> a lobster hat. Fishnet Speedo Jr. wheelie shoes, which I feel were kind of a new invention at the time. Yeah, Yeah, they were pretty new. An invisible dog leash, which I think (laughs) was the first time I'd ever seen one of those in my life. And then I saw them everywhere at fairs. Yeah, I'd see them at fairs, and they were one of those things, like, as a kid, you'd be like, Mommy, I want it. And my parents were right to not buy it, because... Within 10 seconds, you'd be bored. Within 10 seconds, you're like, ha. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. See, no one around you is impressed by it either no, like, yeah no I get it impressed. whatever though at the same places that sold the invisible dog leashes the thing I really wanted were those um the things that look like it was a floating spigot that was sending out water on the ground. You ever see those? No, the, no. Oh, man. I, it's, it was a fountain, but it looked like that a spigot attached to nothing was pouring out water. Oh, but, I think and, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and it was really cool. I, I always wanted one of those. I was like, well, that's always going to be a conversations piece in, in our home. Unlike... <laughs> Unlike a, a dog leash, the one animation knock I'll give on this episode, which has some of the best animation the series ever had, but the framing of the shot to reveal Homer's luggage tips the joke too early. When Bart says, oh, we're not going to do that, Mom. You already see the lobster head. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Like, it's it should have been a little tighter, but I get it in the aspect ratio mm-hmm. they were in, in the 
placement of Bart on the bed. There was probably no real way to do that, mm-hmm. I don't think. But that's just my complaint. <laughs> Wes Archer really needs to get it together. Well, he's, he's going nowhere in this business. <laughs> they, yeah. they talk in the commentary, actually, that, that this was a huge extra work for them of just like, the Simpsons go to a ton of new places. Do you know how hard that is? <laughs> All new characters. Yeah, but they really embraced it. And I think probably they got extra effort just because like, if you tell lifelong animators to parody Disney, classic yeah. Disney animation, they are going to put in the extra effort. <laughs> yeah, they'll kill themselves doing it. Uh, and yes, and then Abe gets his, his left with the pets. And remember, every morning give one bowl of kibble to Santa's little helper. Do you want me to write any of this down? No, I ain't senile dead, blasted. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye, Grandpa. Wait a minute. What was that last thing you said? Grandpa's little helper. What's that? Which one of you is the mailman? <laughs> Pets look at each other. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's as humanistic as Matt Groening would let them yeah. be. Yeah. The, cats, the cats look at each other like, we're going to die. But the, and Mark they're, they're, they're never referenced again in this episode, right? No. No, yeah. there's never a cut back to Grandpa. Yeah. Uh, unlike Grandpa turning into a woman in Cape yeah. Fear, there's yeah. no cut back like <laughs> that. But the I just... I laughed out loud of just the smash cut to Grandpa's face. Like, his, <laughs> his listening face is just, like, so dumb yeah. and, like, just empty. I I just love it. I, I love mean, that face. Great. Also, I have a lot of experience having house uh, set, sat for pets or pet, pets sat for friends and mm-hmm. had my pets pet sat. You don't need to stay there. No. Like, I literally just give my keys to one of my apartment neighbors and be like, just come by once a day. You know, make sure there's food, and if the litter looks bad, scoop it. That's mm-hmm. it. You don't need to have, like, Grandpa there the entire time. Yeah, well, with a dog, maybe. Yeah. Well, even then, you just visit I, twice a day. Yeah, I, walk it. I got, I only cat sat once as an adult, and uh, it was for this couple who, uh, they were like, here, we'll give you uh, 200 bucks to just stay at our apartment all weekend, because they were extra worried about their cat, Mm. and they were going to go camping together, and like, I was there for one day, and the cat got in like this, just in a regular cat fight, but he cut, he had a cut like on his chest, and then was, but a little one, but he was trying to lick it. Oh, man. But so then I kept seeing him like go, and I thought like, (laughs) is your jaw broken? What happened to you? Like, I was terrified. And then the couple just came back the next day early because they had a giant fight on their camping trip and then broke up the next week. Oh, shit. Uh, it was, really and nice. uh, they didn't have to bother with cat custody because it died of that infection. No, <laughs> and he was asleep at the switch again. They still gave me the two hundred bucks. Sweet. I was like, "You don't gotta give me this." They're like, "No, no, no. We we did it for you." So we're not gonna be using it for dates. Uh, then they the rest of the act is just a bunch of great observation of family road trips, yeah. which I I as a kid even in nineteen ninety four I could identify with all of these. Yeah. Like the I love the dough when they all get into traffic together. Yeah. Like that's really cute. And then Homer's. It was like, I've got a strategy. It's just honk, honk. And then everybody starts honking. And a lot of this, I feel, was pulled from the uh, writer's memories of road trips in the 60s and 70s because mm-hmm. there's a parody of Stuckies, which I've never been to as Stuckies. Yeah. There are these roadside sort of novelty shops where you buy a pecan log, you buy like little tchotchkes. The, all I know of Stuckies is the parody Snuckies and Sam and Max Hit the Road. <laughs> yes, where yeah. There's a bunch of identical Snuckies with a guy who just wears different like stuff on his face and everyone. Uh, <laughs> the clerk. That's how I found out about Stuckies as well because in the comic book Sam and Max Hit the mm-hmm. Road they they just say Stuckies in that one yeah the, uh, Steve Perel doesn't care mm-hmm. but in uh, in the obviously in the commercially produced video game they gotta change mm-hmm. it to Snuckies I 
Flickies, though I like that Flickies, there aren't others for 25,000 yeah. miles, which I think would put it in like the Pacific <laughs> Ocean, Ocean yeah. or something. Yeah, and this implies that the Simpsons have driven at least 700 miles, so yeah. 10 hours of driving yes. uh, wow. like liberally if they're going 70 miles an hour the entire way. Wow, yeah, and but the Flickies, I never got to go to a Stuckies either. Mm-hmm. Those, those Stuckies ads, they are great at getting kids. Yeah. I even tried to, like, okay, I'll find a good Stuckies ad. It's like... There aren't any. They didn't make TV ads because they count on billboards, billboards on yeah. the road. And, but I did find a video of, like, walking around Stuckies in 2005. <laughs> and it really is like, if you've been to a Cracker Barrel, yeah. it's like the general store that's attached to the Cracker Barrel of just, yeah. like, folksy bullshit you can buy along with getting, uh, like, an okay diner food. Yeah. Though, in the video, uh, they, they just casually go by, well, and here's all the Confederate flag merchandise. Pretty cool. <laughs> it's like, doodly dude, nothing to see there. It's just folksy, guys. It's simply <laughs> Old-timey <folksy>. Confederacy. <laughs> but I definitely did that as a kid of asking my dad or mom, like, can we stop here? And they're just like, no, we're not going to stop here. <laughs> they, they knew the signs had gotten me. Though mm-hmm. More often, it was just like, oh, actually, Actually, the big one for me was KFC buffets because uh, I'd only wow, ever seen those on the road. There was like three ever on the like road trips we went on. I was like, we gotta go a buffet yeah. KFC, and and then we go, and it was they were it's KFC. It's just all you can eat KFC food. It's yeah. not particularly. It awesome. It seems like that would be a downgrade from regular KFC. Just a bunch <laughs> of warm, wet chicken sitting in a little. Cooker, oh, but all, all the day. sides you can have all their mashed potatoes That's you true. can eat, which, like, whatever chemicals they put in those mashed <laughs> potatoes, I love the taste of them. I'm salivating <laughs> thinking about those. Oh, they visit the five corners, which is not does not exist. The four corners do exist, yes, and that's yeah. uh, Utah, Colorado, Arizona, and New Mexico. That is so, indeed uh, man. shining more light on where the hell are they? Like, in yeah, America. it doesn't really give a clue because they are 700 miles from home yeah. when they get there or well, even more than that well when they get on this highway it's to another state anyway yeah. so it's all just so vague you yeah. have no clue where they are <laughs> but the as a kid i kept thinking like i know i looked at a map after this like where would the five states meet where would they like they don't there's yeah. nowhere yeah. five states meet they i it does make me want to visit that four corners monument according to my research there's there is nothing else there like not even electricity they don't have stuff it's, it's, it's just a giant plaque on the ground mm-hmm. like welcome to uh the borders it's a tourist trap yeah. it is also well so they do a cute little joke about taking fruits and vegetables across the borders which mr wembley <laughs> mr wembley works there too uh where was mr wembley before uh mr wembley it happened again it could have been another mister i think yeah uh, uh, i i I wondered why that was. Apparently, it's just to protect from, like, you'd bring insects from another state. And it really, at the time, it was really only California that was like, don't bring your fruits <laughs> and vegetables into California. Right. Which, again, it's, it is it is the top agricultural producer in the world. So. Now I think it's just like, don't bring your mattress into our state because every <laughs> everybody has bed bugs now. And uh, then they tune in to Alex Jones. Huh. Now to absorb some local color. Through the magic of AM radio. The Book of Revelations tells us to watch for the seven signs of evil. Sign of evil number four. Continuing our sign of evil countdown. Here's Vanessa Williams. <laughs> I love that. My favorite thing to do when I used to drive uh, in Ohio mm-hmm. was if I was in the middle of nowhere and it was nighttime, I would go to the AM radio dial and find the most insane mm-hmm. Christian program I could find. Yes. And one of them, the one I remember the most was... Uh, this program all about prayer strategies where it's like you need to pray during uh, you need to avoid peak prayer hours because God is incredibly busy (laughs) handling all of those prayers just like 
you're you're attributing this kind of labor to yeah. a just supernatural <laughs> omnipotent being that he's actually like sorting through prayers and answering them like god it's My great this jesus pro tip <laughs> you get your maximum high score of prayers you want to get in at maybe 3 30 yeah. that's a good prayer hour wake to get yourself in at. up at four in the morning good prayer <laughs> And it's also funny they have an AM radio joke in here that in the next episode is all Rush Limbaugh, the king yes. of AM radio. But this, yeah, the, the Christians took it over because the cool people went to FM. Yeah. So then AM's like, we gotta fill it with something. Okay, get the most hardcore Christians you can. Yeah. And uh, that Vanessa Williams joke is directed at her of just that she she had been Miss America. It was then found out that like, oh dear God, she posed nude for photographs. Mm. The worst thing a human can do. <laughs> and so she was then seen as evil. But at this time she had become a hit pop song chanteuse. Uh-huh. And uh, that's why she. Uh, but that I I also love a good Casey Kasem joke. That's always nice. <laughs> I, I do like the great um, the great fake out joke. It still works on me, or I still just get a huge laugh out of it. Of the uh, the Simpsons car careening into a yeah. phone pool, then it pulls out to see them in the hotel room. Glad that wasn't us. Two Simpsons death fake outs in the same episode. That's, that's true. true. Yeah, yeah. I, I love both of them. It was. I definitely had a lot of uh, road trip related anxiety, but my big one wasn't falling asleep or dying in a car crash like that. It was running out of gas. My Uh. biggest fear was like, if I my eye was yeah. on the gas tank the entire time we drove, and if it went below, if it got to seventy five percent empty, yeah. I would start pressuring my dad like, "We gotta stop, we gotta yeah, stop yeah. somewhere." I'm sure you played a lot of um, Ghostbusters for the NES, yeah. and you <laughs> knew what a pain in the ass that I was. I think I I discussed this back on the episode where Homer had that dream sequence in the car, mm-hmm. but I have had instances where I almost fell asleep at the wheel because I used to do like full co- full college course load days where like I went to Queens College, which was a commuter college. And it's like a 30-minute drive from my place to there. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, I don't want to do this four days a week. I will just stuff everything into two days, which would mean 10 oh a.m. to 10 God. p.m. And sometimes if you pull an all-nighter before mm-hmm. you go, I am like dead at 10 p.m. Oh, my God. And, yeah, there were, there were points where it's like I got to like pull over, get like a coffee or something. And it's like – also weird that the, the – that – there's no panic involved with them seeing a car crash happen in front of their building. <laughs> they don't care that people, people just die. Yeah. Yeah, oh, good, it's not us. Boy, I mean, I, I spread my college out around eight years. A nice, yeah. nice thin pace. So uh, I, I got sleepy on the road. Not at college. Yeah, yeah it would take about twenty minutes to get to my uh, yeah. uh, community college. But no, my time getting sleepy on the road was when I did my epic. Florida to California road trip. Oh man! But it was that my friend and I were just cheap. That we're like, oh man, if we spent, if we didn't spend two hundred dollars on hotels, <laughs> think of all the money we make. But though my friend also he was extra driven. No pun intended. <laughs> that he wanted to try to do it without even sleeping. He was like, no, we're gonna drive cross country and we're not gonna stop to sleep. Man. I was like, look, let's just stop at a rest area and, and, and nap. He's like, no, we're gonna <laughs> keep driving. Wow. I was like. Jesus Christ! I, I I like that I did it to do it, but I think back now I'd be like, I'll I'll just put a hundred dollars on my yeah, credit this, card and fucking sleep. Yeah. Was a man from the Guinness Corporation in the backseat with a clipboard? <laughs> you got. I I think he just wanted to brag yeah. about it forever. That was that dude sucked. Uh, I, <laughs> by the way, all this road trip stuff. This was an episode that I missed recording when it actually aired the first time uh, so i got it in syndication pretty much all of the cuts 
are from the road trip. The, uh, the Stucky stuff and the uh, the fruits and vegetables were cut from syndication. Yeah. And they don't really, like, they're good jokes, but mm. Bart on the Road does, like, like road stuff way better, I it think. It is, I think so, yeah. Yeah, it's it's better observations of what it's like to right. be on a road trip. And it's, they have nothing to do with the plots, yeah. and Itchy and Scratchy Land is so plot-heavy. Like, you, you cut one explanation of something yeah. in Itchy and Scratchy Land, then other parts don't make mm-hmm. sense. So maybe that's why <laughs> they, like, stuffed the first act so full of things that could be cut yeah. to give them options and I, I think i mentioned it on a previous episode but uh this is the one episode i missed on its first night airing <gasps> until i stopped watching the show i don't know wh- what i was doing how i let how i let this happen to myself but i'll never forgive myself <laughs> i had to wait for the rerun you, you're to watch probably this. so distraught at the hockey uh, lockout. <laughs> <laughs> what am i gonna watch now all oh, right i don't watch hockey you were, you were checking tv guide every week of like is this is it this week is it this week and <laughs> i knew it was going to be about itchy and scratchy land out i was so sad uh, yeah, and that the if I were pitching Simpsons scripts, I actually would pitch like I want to see the episode that explains what happened during that shortcut. That could fill an entire episode, whatever happened to them during the this secret shortcut Homer takes of like that they have a missile stuck in the front that they've replaced a real a wheel with a with a wooden wheel wow. and that they've lost the top of their car and they've apparently driven through a chicken coop. <laughs> Uh, they sh- they should cover that instead of what happened after Krusty Camp Krusty. Hmm. It's good we we don't see the car again because they'd have to yeah. draw all that stuff on it. Yeah, though I was impressed that when they park in the itchy lot that the, it is the same car design that they they kept that thing. So remember, we're in the itchy lot, which was the opening <laughs> bit on here. That was a reference to at Disneyland and at all Disney parks and also at Universal parks. They section off the parking lots into things named after their famous characters classically they had like donald eeyore jiminy cricket mickey and tinkerbell of like i'm in the mickey one i'm in the tamoon <laughs> one i mean and it's it's easier to keep track of your cars when like tens of thousands <laughs> of people are parking cars every day there it kind of astounded me when i went to disneyland for the first time that you get out of the car and then you have to take a 20 minute <laughs> ride to the theme park yeah. it's, it's not a, it's not a quick ride to get there but apparently the named parking lots aren't a thing anymore at disneyland oh, no. because they had to cut into their parking lot space to build more ah. stuff so instead they built like a a gigantical six-story tall parking structure called like the mickey and friends parking structure so that they could get Get back because as as Chris mentioned a lot on the uh, episode we did about defunct cr- uh, park rides, Anaheim they only have so much space in Disneyland they can't get more space around it. So cannibalizing the parking Man. lot to build Cars Land or the the Cars mm. based stuff was what they had to do. So, but they but that still continues at uh, the Disney World Park. And also, I remember when I last went to Universal, you better believe I made sure we parked in the Spider Man parking lot. <laughs> I wish they would have parked in the Rich Uncle Skeleton lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and obviously that's also the joke that it's only two parking lots yeah. in the itchy lot and they're <laughs> The Simpsons will be right back. Hello, everybody. Boy, what a week, huh? 
But hey, at least Talking Simpsons is back with an episode that isn't a clip show. We're actually really proud of this one. Just as we're proud of everything we do on Talking Simpsons. And we can only do it thanks to your support through Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. What's that? You don't know what that is? Well, let me just tell you. There's a huge amount of stuff you will find on Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons you won't find anywhere else. Do you want to hear the first season of Talking Simpsons that isn't available in the feed? How about every episode from now on a week early and ad-free. What about going through every episode of The Critic from the beginning? How about exclusive interviews with writers like Reed Harrison and one of the executive producers on classic Simpsons video games, Paul Provenzano? How about a deleted scenes commentary on every deleted scene from season five? How about the season wrap-ups for seasons two, three, four, and five? How about so many more things that are all coming there? All of that is available and more just for $5 a month. Every dollar you give really helps us out. Even if you can only give $1 a month, if 10,000 of you gave that, we would be sitting pretty. We are doing really good right now, but we have other goals we'd like to hit, and we can do that with your help. So please, please consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash talking simpsons. Hey, this is Hank Azaria. You're listening to Talking Simpsons on Laser Time. I didn't know that was a thing. Also wanted to let all of you know that Talking Simpsons now has its own t-shirt. That's right. We have a special new t-shirt out there and you can find it on shirtsickle.com or you can put in the address tiny.cc slash talking shirt. Yes, that'll take you directly to the page. It is a really cool design inspired by the Ion Springfield logo and it is a beautiful sky blue. I really love it. The art was done by our great friend of the show, Nina Matsumoto, who also did the awesome art for the Patreon page. And you can get this t-shirt just by going to shirtsickle.com, finding it on there. Popsicle, shirtsickle, that's how it's spelled. Or you can go to tiny.cc slash talking shirt and that will take you directly to the page i already bought mine Lastly, this week's podcast is brought to you by audibletrial.com slash talking simpsons. And you can get yourself a free audiobook of your choice just for signing up and starting the trial. If you're a big comedy nerd like me, I know multiple books I could direct you to, but the one I'm going to pick is Hollywood Said No, the abandoned screenplays of the Mr. Show movies. If you're a fan of Mr. Show, it's an amazing book just to get, but they go way overboard with the production of it. Basically, the guys behind Mr. Show and the almost everyone who was in the cast comes back together to create audio plays of two of the film scripts that they never were able to produce and it's all right there on audible and you can get it for free by signing up for a trial of audible at audibletrial.com slash talking simpsons check it out you like Laser Time shows? Then you might like Bonus Time, Laser Time's weekly bonus show exclusively on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Here's a taste of what you've been missing. 
I went to uh, Las Vegas for the weekend for a bachelor Ow, party. That's why you couldn't Vegas watch Spider-Man. Baby. I think yeah. we had the better weekend. We were staying a place where, like, oh, yeah, there's just always beer. So it was a fun trip. Like, the place we stayed at was fucking amazing. Like, rented an Airbnb of this dude who it was what? a five-bedroom, five-bathroom Holy God. house. Wow. With Outside, there was a, a giant pool with a water slide and a fucking grotto in water the back. Water slide? Wow. I love water uh, slides. But the, the problem is... We were probably, like, a mile from the Strip. If we wanted to get food, like, we had to order it. And, the, like, the thing I love about Vegas is yeah. you eat shittily, too. Buffets. Like, we ordered shit from, like, Safeway. Oh, that's awful. And more than half of the stuff we ordered, they were like, ah, oh, we didn't have it, so we just... Here's your order. There's crackers and cheese. There, there's no bacon in this order. There's no, like... So just have eggs. No, we were eating fun. extremely shittily, like... Homer making a meal for himself, mm-hmm. kind of like... Some moon waffles are being passed around. No, cloves, cloves and fucking... And, and Tom Collins mix. mix. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get your mother. Uh, uh, so I, like, I looked into it because apparently that's what cruise ship dining yeah. is too. It's just one like prolonged it, yeah, buffet. Yeah, that fucking uh, oh, yeah. failed music festival. Fire music <laughs> festival. That's what we were eating. Oh, uh, shit. But I chat in five different bathrooms, which is nice. nice. I made that my mission. Oh, I'm like, look, I'm going to find did. every bathroom here and Atta shit boy. in it. <laughs> Get bonus time, Laser Time's weekly, full-length, uncensored, and ad-free Patreon-exclusive podcast, as well as full-length movie commentaries, wrestling and cartoon video commentaries, the first season of Talking Simpson, and more at patreon.com slash lasertime, starting at just five bucks. You'll help us live, and we'll do our best to help you never be bored again. This all begins the uh, the string of both Westworld and Jurassic Park jokes. Yes. In that, in the helicopter, that's Jurassic Park. You have to take a helicopter mm-hmm. to Jurassic Park. But mm-hmm. nothing can possibly go wrong. That's Westworld. We're now approaching our final destination, Itchy and Scratchy Land. The amusement park mm. of the future where nothing can possibly go wrong. Uh, possibly go wrong. <laughs> that's the first thing that's ever gone wrong. <laughs> So, yeah, that's a reference to the poster for Westworld. And the first trailer of it as oh. well. Here's the classic trailer, or uh, just two minutes in. No, you'll enjoy your stay in Westworld. Hold it. The ultimate resort. Let me do it this time. Where nothing, nothing can possibly go wrong. I'm shot. Go wrong. Raw. Go wrong. Oh, my God. Shut down. Shut down immediately. Spoilers, guys. Come on. <laughs> that was in the original trailer. They're like, yeah, Josh Brolin gets shot. Yeah. He's dead. And yeah. it's, uh, he's... So on the poster, uh, that's the tagline is there. But as soon as possibly, the word possibly appears, the text starts falling down the poster. Um, so, uh, which again shows you possibly fall. The word possibly fails just as in the poster. Westworld. The original one we're talking about here, the '70s film, not the the. I'm sure the show is very good. I haven't yeah. watched the HBO it's show. It's all right. It's all right. Yeah, it's got boobs and death on yep. it, right? Which mm-hmm. uh, that's all HBO show needs to be good. <laughs> the original Westworld was written and directed by Michael Crichton. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and he and he did that in the late '70s, and it's an amazing idea of what if Disneyland was made for adults, and then what if the robots went mad and killed everybody and yes also what if you could fuck and kill the robots yeah, too what if you could fuck and kill robots yeah i just saw this for the first time for this episode i wanted to watch it finally mm-hmm. just for this episode and also it's a good movie and it is great yeah. it's also like 
I think it's having your cake and eating it too because it's it's also giving the audience a western of sorts yes, where yeah. a lot of the scenes could be read at face value as a western. There's lots of there's a big bar fight. There's mm-hmm. like a scene with um at a uh, bordello, things like that. <laughs> but I was also kind of surprised that I mean, spoilers: the robots go insane. There's no deeper meaning to this yeah. movie. There's no there's no uh, like deep sci-fi plot. Just like oh. All the robots are going insane. That shouldn't happen. Oh, I guess we're all dead now. Yes. Um, there's no deeper meaning to it, but I love it. And it reminds me a lot of Terminator. So, oh yes, Terminator One. It's this like super great sci-fi time travel story. But the Act Three is just like someone is being chased <laughs> by a robot skeleton. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This yes. movie is exactly the same. Where it's like this great sci-fi story. Act Three. Someone is being chased by a robot cowboy, mm-hmm. and and it's great. Like it's, I loved it. It's incredible. We we talked a ton about Westworld, also in the Boy Who Knew Too Much, but the, the chase scene specifically. Uh. But Yul Brenner is just so great yeah. playing a robotic version of himself, they which is barely had wonderful. to do anything to make him look robotic. Just like put contacts mm-hmm. in, and boom. Yeah, and it's it's just beautiful. His his chase of the wormy guy who you think well, he'd be the one killed. I not, thought he died. Not handsome mm-hmm. J- J- James Brolin, not Josh Brolin. Hmm. Uh, and, yeah, that and doesn't jo- James Brolin look just like Christian Bale? It's like well, you're yeah. a Christian. Oh, you're Bale right. Wow. Yeah. And but I think that's part of. I'll give Michael Crichton thumbs up for that. That I think. I wish it wasn't spoiled in the trailer, but it's a great misdirect of he casts the movie star, James Brolin, and then kills him for the third act. And it makes it even more of an underdog thing of like, oh, the wormy guy who didn't even want to punch a robot in the saloon. He's the one getting chased by the unstoppable Yul Brynner bot. Yeah. And, and it's it's beautiful. And, but the arrival in the helicopter obviously is the arrival in the helicopter in Jurassic Park. Yeah. Though structurally, Westworld and Jurassic Park are kind of the same thing. Like, Crichton really ripped himself off when he did Jurassic Park. Clearly, it was just like, well, Westworld didn't work. Like, Westworld mm. wasn't a hit. Right. And so, I'm sure it did fine. Yeah. But so then he went, he left Hollywood and just wrote his own yeah. books and to then be made into movies and and Jurassic Park similarly is a theme park where the attractions go crazy but in this case it's really cool robot or it's really cool dinosaurs instead of robots mm-hmm. and the but the arrival of the helicopter as a continuity dork yeah. did bother me like well how'd everybody so they park all those and then cars, everybody yeah. gets in a helicopter yeah. and then they yeah, and also it's before you even buy tickets to get into the theme park yeah. so it seems very co- inefficient cost wise mm-hmm. to fly people to the gate where they buy their <laughs> tickets what if they decide nah exactly and they just wasted uh, the price of a helicopter, a helicopter trip free helicopter ride yeah, yeah. yeah it's, <laughs> but what is the reference of the uh, itchy and scratchy skulls uh, you know, the island is shaped like that. Is it, is it King Kong? I Was mean, it King actually... Kong is Skull Island. Like I couldn't find a picture is... of Skull Island because of that fucking movie. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it impossible to find a picture of what it looked like in that 1932 King Kong. But was uh, it a skull? It's it's skull is shaped. Mm-hmm. In, yeah. in later King Kongs, it's much more obvious. Like this is a literally a skull. It mm-hmm. actually looks more like the Jurassic Park logo, but with itchy and scratchy. You know, just like the the dinosaur skeleton silhouette. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing too. It's like oh, it's it's a mountainside that looks like itchy and scratchy, and then on top of that. That is Disneyland. <laughs> like that's it. That scene makes no sense. It's very funny scene, and it it's a good end of an act break, mm-hmm. but it makes very little sense yeah. in the world. Of it. I, I don't know when we should broach this topic exactly, but have with there already having been a Duff Gardens episode. Mm-hmm. 
it, I felt a little bit confused the first time I watched this. Uh-huh. It was like, oh, I thought Duck Gardens was their Disney World, even though I had I wasn't really familiar with Bush Gardens at the time that I had seen it. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Bush Gardens, and it is like, yeah, the beer thing is makes it more in Bush Gardens camp. But there is things like what is it? not We Are the World, but uh, oh, is no, it, it's Small World? world. Yeah, world. just yeah. things and the Seven Duffs. It's like, oh, these are all Disneyland things. You no, kind of mixing uh, metaphors here, I guess. Yeah, right? no, I mean they always they they have so many ways yeah. they want to make fun of Disneyland. Like obviously, if you're yeah. If you're an animation dork or if you're an entertainment professional, yeah. like you you're obsessed with Disneyland or you have thoughts on Disneyland mm-hmm. and making fun of the lines. Like they've done they've done eight million Disneyland jokes. Yeah. And this yeah. is this was just their most direct. Yeah. I mean Abe and Old Bunny went to Disneyland That's and right. rode a roller coaster. Yeah. But just like Duff Gardens, Homer uses the same strategy. One adult and four children. <laughs> That's right. That's the first time I caught that. Me too. Where he said where he bought a ticket oh he classifies himself as a chill child, which I guess he kind of is. And I am a college student. <laughs> but the uh, And then we get a joke about Disney dollars. So the Itchy and Scratchy Land money is, it's a joke on Disney dollars that they felt was a scam where you say like, you buy Disney dollars which are one-to-one currency that can only be spent in the park and they, they have characters on it and it's kind of it's fun money. Yeah. Uh, and not every place takes yeah. Disney dollars. Not even, the clerk, not even the clerk could sell it to him uh, though. Yeah. He's like, it's uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs> Though this joke doesn't work if it works the same as in Disney parks, which is when you leave a Disney park, you can exchange back mm, the money. You're not stuck with it. But I didn't the joke expect that, work. actually. Yeah, no, yeah. They, they, do, they do do that. And actually, I thought Disney dollars had been around a long time. They were introduced in 1987. Wow. Like, they were seven years old when they did is this joke. Is it literally just fun? Or is it like, do you get discounts if you use Disney dollars? I, you know, I don't or? know if there's a discount. I think really it is that they... They realize if what if we could make somebody's twenty dollars become a twenty dollar bill that they might not spend and they'd keep to themselves. Right. Like, because mm. definitely Disney collectors will buy a twenty dollar Disney dollar oh yeah, like and then keep year. it forever to be like, yeah. well, this is my Disney yeah. dollar. It only goes up in value. There's so, new characters on the dollars this year. Let yes. me buy one of each. <laughs> uh, though the Disney dollars were discontinued May fourteenth, twenty sixteen. Wow. Oh, can't wow. get them anymore. Though if you bring them to the parks, they will still accept it. So. Up next, we. Meet Meet my secret favorite character from this oh, uh, episode. Okay. There's no need to murmur, ma'am. Oh, yes, <laughs> it is the uh, it is the William Daniels esque uh, Hank Azaria character. Uh, William Daniels, obviously the uh, voice of Kit, the car Knight Rider, and yes. uh, Mr. Feeny. Mr. Feeney and Boy Meets World. That's yes. he's doing an impression of him. But I love. There's no need to murmur, ma'am. Yeah, I yeah. I'm a little tired of Simpsons jokes of what are you talking about? You're totally lying. He's like, uh, gotta go. Yeah, like, those gotta go jokes get old, but I do love his. Directly calling Marge's thing murmuring. He's like, there's no need yeah. for that. Yeah. And that... The cat was breathing comfortably in the yes. next scene. Though I'm surprised that the... Uh, well, first I love... Another thing I noticed for the first time, the way Homer is looking at Marge when she's complaining about that, he's like, oh, come on. He has a face of like <laughs> okay, half-lidded of, come on. <laughs> but I also wonder, like, Marge should never be allowed in Itchy and Scratchy Land by the Myers family because yeah. they're like, hey, you almost <laughs> killed my company. <laughs> yeah. I would have this place if you got your way, <laughs> I Marge. never thought of that. That's so true. She was a minor celebrity because of her crusade against Itchy and Scratchy. Yeah, it's yeah. like they literally call her to get tips. I'm like, well, what would you do? Yeah. Man? Like, they Russ Meyer Jr. knows who Marge, Marge Simpson. Yeah. It's Roger Meyer. Russ Meyer is the Ro- guy who likes boobs. Damn it! <laughs> the, the complaining squirrel wouldn't make it into that uh, store. That's right. Yeah. They should have made a toy. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't do that. When Bart and Lisa are are like kicking each other. Another little animation touch I love is Maggie is pumping her fist wow. just to show that like <laughs> Maggie has also been affected by the violence. So yes. obviously. 
from Marge versus Itchy and Scratchy. We know Maggie is going to affect She's prone to violence. We'll see her shoot Mr. Burns later in the season. <laughs> yeah, that's Spoiler. right. Yes. Oh, well, then they drop Maggie off in a ball pit, which I get that it is. It really would be a death pit for babies. Like, yeah. they'll starve to death. They will die. <laughs> but I would love a 40-foot forty yeah. foot deep ball pit to play in now. As long as I could, they could promise me it is not full of fecal matter. That, like, that's never going to be true. I know. There really are. Ball pits yeah. or toilets. Yeah, I'm surprised I, mean, I didn't go there with, the, with that. Her being in the ball pit, that's it. Ball pits are a litter box for children. And somehow that the buoyancy or whatever of this ball pit, that sends them all the way to the front. Like, <laughs> oh, that's the way ball pits work. But anyway. Uh, and uh, I also did like this little scene at the restaurant. I'll have a brain burger with extra pus, please. Bart. Eyeballs stew. Homer, we just got here and already I'm mortified beyond belief by your embarrassing behavior. I was just ordering a cheeseburger, Mom. They have violent names for everything here. Oh, I see. All right. Mm, I'll have the baby guts. <laughs> Lady, you disgust me. Huh. Mom, that's feel. Oh. Definitely a joke I did not get as a kid because a working class family, I was yeah. never exposed to veal or even knew what veal was. No, I, I'd never even tried it. It's uh, I don't think I've ever had it. By the time I could have bought it, I knew what it was. Yeah. And it's, it's is a con- in case you don't know, veal is tortured baby yeah. calves that then have like softer meat, which also I, I know, Bob, the vegetarian, <laughs> like, oh. I'm disgusted the, by all of you. If you have the line of like, well, I won't have veal, it's like, oh, but you will have like an adult cow <laughs> smashed in the head. Yeah. And chopped up and, and they got to live a, a longer, worse life. Yeah, a longer, worse life. But Bob has yeah. brought enough gazpacho for all. <laughs> <laughs> it's cold. It's cold. Don't it's great. Friends with salads. So I have to say, one of my pet peeves is going to restaurants and having them be too cute about um, naming things to yeah. the point where you don't know what things are. Yes. And I actually experienced that in a in a. Uh, po- I could have possibly been arrested. I think if this went a different way, where I went to a brewery in Portland. I forget what it was. Um, maybe last year, and the bathrooms were like. Hops and barley. It was like not even indicating yeah. what could be male, what could be female. I go into one of them, don't even notice that there's no urinals in it. I'm like, oh, just uh, use a stall. And I'm sitting down using the bathroom, and uh, the door opens, and two women are having a conversation. And I'm like, oh shit! <laughs> and it's just like, I'm just gonna wait this out until the women leave, so I don't scare them. I don't know what hops and barley. Yeah, like, I, don't yeah, know which I mean, one ca- obviously those are the only two genders. Hops and barley. Like, <laughs> well, that's it, a joke. It might that's not have been joke. hops and barley, but it was two equally nondescript. Uh, descriptors mm. for gender or yes, sex rather yeah. but i was like i'm just gonna sit in here and wait this out until this conversation is over and it turns out they're having a real heart-to-heart about this oh, woman's no. job oh god and i'm just like after five minutes i'm just like excuse me i'm not a pervert i went to the wrong bathroom i'm just gonna leave now and they're and they're laughing and they're like it's okay it's okay it's like i don't know which bathroom this is i'm sorry so somebody thinks they're a barley yeah so it was that day i learned i was a hops man <laughs> Oh, I love uh, that. I'm really glad that they handled it well. <laughs> uh, hearing that clip was the first time I noticed the, the itchy and scratchy theme music mm-hmm. in uh, the variation uh, on it. Yeah. That, that's such a well-observed thing that the music that plays everywhere when you go to Disneyland is like variations on yeah, classic right. Disney music and in the restaurants, too. Yeah. The, did they not have Lisa ordering something at the restaurant? No, she didn't. She knew uh, it was veal, but it was Bart and Homer yeah. order it, and then Marge orders it. We don't know what Lisa ordered. The waiter it, leaves. Lisa can't order. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Oh, Lisa wow. didn't get to order anything. What a terrible waiter. <laughs> well, hey, he's a very principled waiter. Which, honestly, <laughs> if you did that at Disneyland, you'd be fired like, yeah. immediately. Or I think any restaurant. Like, you, yeah. you got to just bring the food. But 
I guess it's like a precursor to become a vegetarian. Maybe mm-hmm. like maybe the names of the food here kind of started her on <laughs> yeah. that dis- that path. I feel bad for Marge that she tries to even when she tries to have fun with gross names, she yeah. gets judged. She's like, man, she can't even. <laughs> that she is can't sad. Even fun yeah, being, uh, being gross to them. I love when she's looking at the map. It's one of the first things I do every time I've mm-hmm. gone to a park. Just like, well, I'm gonna just look at the map and see yeah. everything. Like, where where am I gonna go next? Ooh, look <laughs> look at all the different lands. It's also or... another Marge touch. I think she chose the baby guts because it sounded cute you know just like oh that's cute baby guys and uh then we get the introduction of the robot parade oh look it's the 12 noon robot parade hurry up or we'll have to wait for the 1205 parade so that's a parody of the Main Street Electrical Parade. Let's hear some of that music. It will It's its pure madness to me, this music. Hmm. If I ever go on a killing spree, this will be playing in my <laughs> head, I think. So go ahead. Let's hear some of that. Oh, yeah. Pure 70s bliss. <laughs> I love it. It's I great. Love. It's actually great. Um, and I was actually working on notes in the bar I, I do research in, uh, in drinking. Mm-hmm. And I left that play, and I realized I was listening to like 15 minutes of it while I was taking <laughs> notes. I'm like, people are going to think I'm insane if my headphones fall off. <laughs> They're like, get, get this guy out of here. He's had too much. But yeah, um, I want to give some information about this. Yes. Uh, it's a very, very iconic Disney thing, but it sort of jumped around a lot mm-hmm. from park to park. So it ran from 1972, hence the music, until 1996. Uh, and then it went to Disney California Adventure from 2001 to 2009. And then, to Mag- and then to the Magic Kingdom in Florida from 2010 to 2016. And now, as of this recording, it is back at Disneyland for a limited time engagement. Uh, so it just kind of yeah. moves all those old like electronics and parts and well, light bulbs all get moved around. One of the big tricks of Disney is that they say, like, oh, it's a limited time. Fake limited. Mm. They're, they're faking that it's limited, but they'll never stop doing the mainstream street electrical uh, parade it's it's just they cycle it around to make it special but i watching it i love it i like how stupid in 70s it is and i how, love like, the 70s garish music. and ugly it is and that's that's if they have a fancier parade i'd be like eh, i don't hmm. i like but that is one of the another of the fun things about disneyland that other in the disney parks that other parks don't do which is like this is a continuing experience. We're gonna have live shows all the time. We're gonna you're gonna walk around and the Dapper Dans are gonna be singing "Baby on Board," <laughs> and, and you're gonna have full on parades multiple times a day. You don't have to wait for the one parade a year in your crappy small town. <laughs> They're gonna do multiple parades. <laughs> and uh, the joke about the twelve oh five parade is that they would do the electrical parade multiple times a day. Mm-hmm. Which is a good thing. If you miss it as... If you're there like, well, I miss a parade. It's nice knowing there's more. Though, currently at Disneyland, they actually only do the electrical parade twice a day. 8.45 p.m. and 10.45 p.m. Which, obviously, you want to watch the electrical parade in the dark to really appreciate no. the lights. Yeah, I only went to Disneyland... Or, sorry, Disney World once. Mm-hmm. And I avoided the parades because it was like... Any any time I'm standing still watching something yes. is something is a time that I'm not on a roller coaster or some other fun ride. That's true. Yeah, I couldn't watch. I don't think I watched the entirety of the parade. Yeah. It was more like well, also it was probably the late one of just well, we're going home. Yeah. Let's stop and look at this parade. We're so tired yeah. from everything <laughs> else. Like all we can do now is look at pretty lights. <laughs> Which hey, seeing seeing Pete's dragon <laughs> with a bunch of like green light bulbs all over him is pretty fun. And so the and Scratchy Parade is not as involved as the Electric Light Parade, but it's where we first meet the animatronics and get some important plot points. Wow, this is so much like my dreams, it's scary. Aw, oh, look at that cute little 
little baby axe. It's cute, but I'm sure it's very sharp and probably dirty. <laughs> dirty, maybe. Dangerous, hardly. These are the latest state-of-the-art animatronic robots. They have sensors that ensure they only attack each other, never the guests. <laughs> See all that stuff in there? That's why your robot never worked. <laughs> I feel that, I a, that a later worse episode would have a cutaway to Homer yeah. building a bad robot or Homer yeah. having a bad robot. The fact that they cut at that line is great. A lot of self-control. <laughs> I, I just love the... It, it's a real ADR line. I'm certain that's not what Marge originally said. In that yeah, that's true, too. But, but I love it that it doesn't need a cutaway. It, it it creates a vision in your head of like Homer making a robot that's empty inside. He's like, why doesn't <laughs> yeah. my robot work? Just but, the shell of a robot, yeah. And then that Marge can kind of do an I told you so on that. Uh, and it also let them do... Terminator Vision, which they had last done when Homer was looking for a man for Selmine, Principal Charming. I do feel like we're, we're dwelling on this joke for a while, but Marge was not being mean-spirited. She wants the family to learn things on this vacation, or as yes. Marge says, vacation, which I love. <laughs> vacation. <laughs> vacation. I like, yeah, Marge, Marge is not the bad guy here. I think they... They do an all right job of setting up, like, Marge just wants a good time. It's, yeah. it's just what they want. And This does give context to uh, Mr. Murmur Man. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, when I was watching the episode before, I was like, I, of course I remember there's no need to Murmur Man. But I was like, that's weird that he's just in the episode for this. But no, he's actually here to tell you the entire conceit of the episode. Yeah. Yes. And Westworld does not even go this far to explain what went wrong. It's just mm-hmm. like, something went wrong. They don't say, here's why it went wrong, or here's why they're not attacking the people. And there's also no solution to kill the robots. No. You just have to try to destroy them as much as you can yeah. until they stop moving. Uh, and uh, then they go on Log Ride, which they have some clever sign jokes in this. This is not one of them. Me too. Just I, like, I noticed ride. that too. Like, it's like, where's the, jo- where's the joke? Where's the joke? <laughs> yeah, that the... Obviously, it is a parody of Splash Mountain mm-hmm. down to the banjoey music playing mm-hmm. when it starts, though they just remove the racism from it. <laughs> it's and, very observational. It reminds me of Splash Mountain and Pirates of the Caribbean, where it's mm-hmm. like it's just a very slow moving ride where you yeah. look at things and there's one giant drop or <laughs> yeah. one thing that happens yeah. at the end where, and then that's it. I mean, and Splash Mountain's the same way. Yeah, it's very hurt. And also the herky jerkiness of it. Yeah, yeah I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, I like. In general, I like the simplicity of log ride, of the log ride genre of uh, of park rides, because you've just got one thing. You're not getting thrown around enti- by, a, by a roller coaster in every direction. It's just the anticipation of one big thing. Like, oh, man, ooh, this big thing's coming. That's what's fun on the Jurassic Park ride is basically just Splash Mountain as well. The, the oh, yeah. Have just, except you're seeing pretty bad animatronic dinosaur. And they spray water at you. Yeah, and they spray water you like, it's Dilophosaurus! <laughs> and then a really bad T-Rex will bite at you and then <laughs> you down. But- I actually got stuck on Splash Mountain in 1999. <gasps> oh, it was oh, not no. as traumatic as it sounds. It was right actually right before the big drop. Oh. Things just stopped moving and we're like, what's going on? And the speaker comes on and it's like, don't, don't touch the water, don't move. People will escort you off the ride. And it took them like maybe 15 minutes to get us. And I remember when a, when a person was helping me out of the out of the ride my hand was wet and they were like you're not supposed to touch the water I'm like it's called Splash Mountain yeah. <laughs> I got wet on Splash Mountain I'm sorry but I just remember it being really surreal where there's just so much artifice and so so much uh, atmosphere of Disneyland when they take you behind the ride it's just mm. scary and weird oh man yeah it's just all like this... all asphalt and stuff well that's a lot of the great stuff in this episode are observations of what they imagine behind the scenes of Disneyland is like yeah. of just these scary there's more SS officers in their imagination <laughs> but I love Splash Mountain too. the the moment of going down where you just hear bra 
fire patch. Boom! Right. It's. Uh, did you ever get to ride it for real? Or we was did. That we okay. did. Uh, they, I, I think we went back the next day and they fixed it. But we got a ticket to get on any the front of any line like instantly. And awesome. We went to Space Mountain because I had the longest line. Uh, and I yeah. love Space Mountain so much. Space Mountain's better than Splash Mountain, and mm. uh, it's yeah, it's the best of the three of of the of the mountains. I guess really there's four. Matterhorn. Matterhorn just big Thunder balls, Mountain. Man. Big Thunder Mountain's fun, but it's just like it's a baby's roller coaster, which is why I like it. Oh, me too. I hate real roller coasters. Yes, yeah. And same with Space Mountain is a real roller coaster, but it's in the dark, so I don't know I'm on a roller you, coaster. You bringing up Space Mountain makes me think of the wrestler Ric Flair yes. who calls his penis Space Mountain, and he always says, oldest ride, longest line. Yes. <laughs> yeah, which, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which means a lot of women want to wait on a very long line to yes. get on his old Close day. Close for prepares today. <laughs> Sorry. The, the animation of them dodging death yeah. on that ride, but it's also like, that ride must murder yeah. people. Yeah. It's a kid. I think the da- most dangerous thing is, after all that, they just get shot onto mattresses. Yes, yeah. The, the, like, the, haphazardly the fall, placed. Yeah. During the fall, a buzzsaw cuts the <laughs> thing in half, and they have to dodge it and then fall on mattresses that... There, it's not a complete covering of mattresses. Yeah, also the spikes, when they hit the spikes, they're perfectly aligned to know that two kids are in front and two adults are in back. Yes, so they yeah. almost gouge out everyone's eyes at uh, once. Yeah, it's uh, but it's beautiful animation. Again, this is so good. So good animation. And thinking here. back to uh, where Maggie goes, it's interesting that they built that in because I'm sure they're asking themselves, what will we do with Maggie and all, and all throughout all this action? Like, where, yeah. where is she going to go? You could clip those bits out, and I doubt we... On this show, we probably would be asking, where's Maggie? But to a regular viewer, they wouldn't be asking that. They'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're, who cares? We don't so care where Maggie I is. think later in the show, they don't get Maggie back from the daycare when yeah. everyone leaves. I guess it's implied that after they kill the robots, that they get Maggie back at that point. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, uh, And then Marge and Homer decide they're going to Parents Island, which is uh, it's beautiful. I love it. And the theme. Oh. Then they go to Itchy and Scratchy 70s Disco I first time I caught the sign joke of established 1980. Yes, that's <laughs> great. Before we go on, though, uh, you don't have it recorded. That's fine. But my my line of the show is part of spending time together as a family is spending time apart as individuals. <laughs> it's Marge in the nicest way saying, "I don't want to be around my kids anymore." <laughs> in the do, nicest I, way ever. I did like that. Yeah. That is a great. Sorry, here I'll cut it in right now. You know, part of spending time together as a family is spending time apart as individuals. Parents Island. Yeah. <laughs> but the yeah that she is already ready to dump the idea of spending time together. Yeah, like, she's like, let's get get drunk <laughs> and. Uh, well, because one ride was too exhausting for her. This this is also my mom at, at theme park. She she kind of told me eventually what the issue was that we'd always say like, oh, you're such a scaredy cat. But no, it was that she. She has really bad motion sickness, wow. like really bad, and that we that she always underplayed because everybody, and I include myself on it, would doubt her on that. I'm just like, yeah, yeah, motion sickness. We've all been dizzy. She's like, no, I, I really can't do anything. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh, God, Mom. And, <laughs> you and your disease. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel I feel really bad looking back on it. But that's how that's kind of how it would be. That's actually how it was the last time I went to theme parks with my mom. We went. She was good on a lot of rides. But she didn't know what Star Tours was. And when we sat down for Star Tours, I said, oh, it's like Back to the Future. She's like, oh, no. (laughs) Like, she literally, she had to lay down for... 20 minutes oh my God. afterwards and, and she was done for the day she's like I'm not writing anything else I, it's I nice really event. what a yeah, bummer that pretty much was her feeling but okay the 70s disco looks like John Travolta it is a fun joke and basically the decade of 84 to 94 is full yeah. of John Travolta starring in Garbage and being unfamous yeah. like that look the look who's talking films were the 
biggest things he'd been in. Yeah. Logan. That wasn't and, good. And at this point, this is the end of the Look Who's Talking trilogy where it's yes. like, now it's dogs. Yes. <laughs> yeah, 93 was his last movie before Pulp Fiction. That yeah. was uh, Look Who's Talking Now. So that's that's the problem, though, of this joke. It, yeah. the, the joke implies that John Travolta is so unsuccessful that he'd work as a bartender in Itchy and Scratchy Land. He'd work as a lookalike <clears throat> as a, of himself. <laughs> yes. But two weeks yes. after this episode oh, wow. aired... Pulp Fiction <clears throat> premieres and will completely <clears throat> revitalize John Travolta's career bigger than ever mm. afterwards. He he would start earning like $20 million a movie and funneling that all into Scientology. <laughs> this joke had 12 days to live before it was DOA. <laughs> yes. I think that's less time than the Magic Johnson from being on The Simpsons to him confessing oh, about he, his AIDS. You're right. So, you're uh, right. yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, it premiered at Cannes in May. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure there's a lot of buzz about it then. Oh, but, definitely. Um, yeah, this is like, it was a very slow... Like right, movie. but they were probably writing this episode in like you know early winter or yeah, whatever, in, in like January or yeah. something. If this aired in September, they at best would have been working on in January. <laughs> so when this aired, definitely the Hollywood insider writers and directors of The Simpsons probably knew Pulp Fiction was. Well, nobody knew Pulp Fiction was actually going to be like a box office hit and a giant cultural touchstone. Right. They probably just thought like, yeah, John Travolta's in a good independent-ish movie. Good for him. He's not going to be famous again, though. He's not going to star in <laughs> Broken Arrow and Face Off and Michael and... Uh, Phenomenon. Phenomenon. Yeah. That's yeah. on. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's clear the runway for the greatest this Simpsons joke ever This is my line written. of the show. I mean, yes. great joke or greatest joke? I, I don't even well, know. I love it so much. Well, yeah, let's, uh, let's have the best line jingle first. That's the joke. Look at all this great stuff, Lise. Cool, personalized plates. Barclay, Barry, Bert, Bort. Oh, come on, Bort? (laughs) Mommy, Bobby, buy me a license plate. No, come along, Bort. Are you talking to me? No, my son is also named Bort. (laughs) <laughs> yes, yes, so great. Okay, so I said the the Marge thing was line of the show. That's still yeah, true. Yeah, this yeah. transcends line of the show yeah. to basically line of the universe. Whenever I watch this episode, I get giddy during the scene. Like, <laughs> it's going gonna, gonna to happen. He's going to say more. It's so perfect. It's so yes, perfect. It, it's, uh, it's such a... It's such a pointless, silly line, yeah. but that it creates a world that Bort is a more popular name than Bart. Yes. But also, I'm sure, I mean, we all have regular schmegular white guy ga- yeah. names. Yes. Going to a gift shop, we would always find our own names on license plates. If you have a slightly off name, a slightly like non-white guy name, mm-hmm. you're not going to find it. I'm sure those, those kids went through hell. If you did it uh, as a listener, let us know, because yeah. I'm, I know a lot of people that could never find their name on mm. keychains or license plates or uh, whatever. Equally rare is Barclay. Barclay. I've never heard well, that's what's so great. Yeah. That the but Bort is the the best. That Bort. Well, so I actually did go through this a little bit. Like Henry is a lame white guy name. Yes, but. As a kid, I think I, if I haven't mentioned it before on the show, my nickname was Max. Mm-hmm. Like my family, my mom mm-hmm. is kind of getting out of the practice of calling me Max just because I am Henry Gilbert to the third. But I didn't want to be Henry. Oh. I and, and they didn't want me to be Henry either. My <laughs> parents, but they're like, "Well, it's a family name. What else are you gonna name him? Yeah. So Steve? Henry Senior and Junior say so. So, <laughs> but so so from my birth, I was called Max, and mm-hmm. I went by Max all the time and it's probably the name my mom and dad would have given to me were they not like bound by it and actually it's why I was given Sam and Max comics way uh, early because my uh, my cool uncle who lived in California he went to cool comic book stores and found this independent comic called The Adventures of Sam and Max and I, I just loved it uh, getting that so much so I would 
go through this like not only at theme parks but also at you know toys r us yeah. and seeing like oh personalized things where's max like there never was max max and, is too radical the yes. children's name and so i i have experienced that i'd love to hear from listeners who also if they went through that it it shows you the limits of capitalism that they can't <laughs> they're like look we maybe will get three kids ever who have this name and they're not gonna buy these things yeah so. and i'm sure they're all terrible to like oh it's all gonna be kind of middle class white people visiting this park because <laughs> yes. of just pure economics so let's make it for those people but but just, the best. just the name bort has grown so yes. far beyond this thing there's a great slate article from a few years ago i read about uh about the bort uh, love from simpsons fanatics bill oakley even has a comment in there of like we thought it was funny but we had we <laughs> definitely didn't think it would be this popular and then they talk about the phenomenon that actually getting a bort license plate mm-hmm. is not easy and they find like several people who have the bort license plate wow. in their state because wow. uh, you can be the only one in your yeah. state with a bort license plate and the one guy they met who's like he had Bort in one state, then moved to Austin, Texas, and he had to wait three years to get a Bort plate, and wow. then he finally did. And he said that uh, at first he was afraid to even put it on his car because oh, like God. someone's going to yeah. steal this, so he, <laughs> he put it in his window. Of uh, but so it's it's a really interesting story of the Bort plates. And if you go to Universal's, at least I can say this for the Orlando one. They in their sections where they have personalized name things, there are Borts. <laughs> At first, they had a space, an empty space for Bort to show that they are out of Bort plates. <laughs> but then you can't just buy Bort things. I bought a Bort keychain, a Bort name keychain yeah. for Michael Graham, who he's the guy in <laughs> my life who does the most Bort references. His right yeah. name is Bort. Yes, I have to say, like we all talk about how we speak the secret Simpsons language that mm-hmm. nine million other people <laughs> speak, but just saying Bort or referencing yeah. Bort will just. <laughs> Instant yes. laughter. I remember we were at our old job and uh, talking about the Naruto uh, sequel, Boruto. And I was just like, my, my son is also named Boruto. And one of our coworkers just started cracking up. So, I mean, it wasn't a great joke, but you can easily unlock so much humor just by using the word Bort in some way. Or my, my son is also named Blank. It's such a beautiful Simpsons non sequitur that isn't like a joke per se, but it just creates such a, a weird world. I love yes. Bort is, is so great. And <sighs> uh, and then I was shocked that right after Bort came, comes another joke I love. Oh, yes. Who are all these characters? Well, you're probably too young to remember the short-lived itching, scratching friends hour. They had to come up with some friends. There's Disgruntled Goat, Uncle Ant, Ku Klux Klam. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they weren't very funny. Huh. I don't know. Disgruntled Goat had his moments. This was the first time I got the joke, Uncle Ant. Yeah. Uncle Ant? As in, oh, Uncle yeah. Ant, it's the, uh, I guess it is that bad. I just yeah, got it now. Yeah. It's a lame joke. I'm not saying it's good, but Uncle I get Ant. it as, okay, a, yeah. as a wordplay. As an animation dork, I love the implication of the Itchy and Friends Hour, <laughs> Itchy and Scratchy and Friends Hour, because I know from watching like every rerun of cartoons that... There's, say, original Flintstones, yeah. and then there are Fli- there's the Flintstones Comedy Hour, the yeah. Pebbles and Bam Bam Hour, all these spin-off-y ones that add yeah. extra characters. Like, these characters really <laughs> suck. Yeah, like, get, except for Captain Caveman. Like I love Pebbles him, and but... Bam Bam had a rock band with extra characters in <laughs> well, it? Well, yes, because in the 70s, teen cartoons yeah. were really big. So, like, well, then we got to age up Pebbles and Bam Bam to teens and have them basically have Josie and the Pussycats mm-hmm. style adventures. I mean, I, I want to hope that Ku Klux Klam was a villain, but given Roger Meyer Sr.'s uh, predilections. Uh, Who that's knows? True. Yeah. That's true. Which, uh, <laughs> but 
but I also like it feels like a moment I have absolutely had at mm. theme parks of seeing of being the dork with other people like I don't even know this character who's this duck and you're like <laughs> well actually in this episode uh, in this one Donald Duck cartoon he meets this character and mm. that's who this is that's this is Gladstone Goose or <laughs> or uh, the big one was at Horace Tokyo- Horse Caller uh, yes yeah <laughs> or at Tokyo Disney Sea which is an amazing theme park uh, if just uh, book your flight to Tokyo and then go to a theme park but it really is great but at it they have some of the weirdest things i was like they they have multiple like wolf toys are super popular they're like well let's get every wolf in it i was like i never thought i'd see a toy of the big bad wolf from the three little pig short but they had yes yeah yeah, and his like patchy overalls like it's so that's i have been bart at theme parks of saying oh you probably don't remember this (laughs) but it's from this this cartoon i know max from goof troop is all around japan disneyland yes yeah it's i don't know why i mean so when max you get at theme parks oh yeah Uh, you're right uh tokyo disney sea is is beautiful though i i really love my trip there i have to go there again i I, I want to go my next trip to Japan. I want to go actually to Universal Osaka, but I want to plan it around the opening of the Nintendo um, land, uh, though a year after that. So when the lines have gone down, uh, if you think lines are bad at American theme parks, the Japanese know how to line up for shit. Like you're going to have twice the line. Impressive like, lines. <laughs> the next scene we get though, before we move on to uh, the Roger Meyer senior film, a mm-hmm. uh, really brief scene, TGI McScratchy's good time food drinkery. And I think the common theme on parents Island is every person there hates their jobs and yes. wants to die. <laughs> yeah. I, I love the joke of it's always new year's Eve <laughs> and that they think it's fun, but they realize the repetitiveness of it is is horribly depressing mm. to the people who work there. And it's something you think about of you when you think of the employees at a theme park who have to repeat things all the yeah. time. Oh, God. I thought about it. The first time I thought about it as a kid was going on the King Kong ride and realizing, like, this every King Kong ride, the woman on this ride has to say the same lines every time yeah. all day long. And there's actually a really great Weird Al song <laughs> about this subject called Skipper Dan, which uh, let's hear a little bit of that here. Now my hopes have all vanished and my dreams have all died. And I'll probably work forever as a tour guide on the Jungle Cruise ride. Skipper Dan is the name. I love that. Time. I've heard it before. Is that a, a Fountains of Wayne style parody? It I sounds think so. like it. He, like when he parodies styles, but not actual songs. It's something that's less known in the Weird Al oeuvre, unless you're an obsessive of it, that he does songs that are. Our style parodies, Dare to be Stupid is probably his most famous one. Yeah. That he, Frank's 2000-inch TV, yeah, things yeah. like that. Uh, the Traffic one about Jam. Charles Nelson Riley is a White Stripes one, mm. and the video makes it even more clear. But Oh, Everything You Know is Wrong is a They Might Be Giants song. Yeah. yeah that, that's my favorite, I think. And uh, But Skipper Dan, I love it because it is about, it's the story of a guy who is a great actor who moved to L.A. Yeah. to become a movie star, and then he became a, a Disney cruise ride guy who just yeah. constantly points out these the same thing over and over again and it is about the depression <laughs> of that repetition but it's i love that song is a kafka-esque nightmare no i would assume like if i had this job like do you maybe still have that glimmer of hope like i have to put my all into every performance because maybe this time <laughs> like Steven Spielberg's assistant <laughs> is on the ride today and might recruit me. It's true. Or like Robin Williams was on your ride. He's like, 
you could have tried harder, man. I'm really disappointed in you. <laughs> like, yeah, I would think at that point, then you'd kill yourself. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> so I, the landmines thing at another mm-hmm. sign joke I didn't get the first time that it is sponsored by Laramie, which oh. uh, Laramie Cigarettes sponsors the landmines, which is another reference to how Epcot, I think, is the guiltiest of oh, right, the yeah. sponsorship thing. It just it's. Uh, theme parks are expensive so they gotta sometimes you gotta have horrible sponsorships but i don't think disney will even in the 90s would have worked with a cigarette company they they probably wouldn't have done that and okay so then we get the our introduction and the creation of a roger meyer senior right was he mentioned before in itchy and scratchy the movie never okay i didn't think so i think they did they do imply in itchy and scratchy the movie that itchy and scratchy has existed that long yeah but they didn't say that they were descendant like roger myers does not really appear in itchy and scratchy the movie it's not about uh, that episode and so it's not about his ownership or the parentage of it and then the next time you see him in the front He's more of a Hanna-Barbera type who's like, no, I have always owned this. And like, I think, like, in uh, Itchy and Scratchy Marge, uh, he was named Roger Myers Jr. to imply, like, he's sort of a Roy Disney or, like, yeah. the child of a great legend who created these characters. That's almost. true, yeah. yeah. But but they never really talk about Roger Myers Sr. So this is our first touch on him. Great, great stuff. <laughs> I, uh, I, I like how it dark it is. so much. Yeah. It's so great. Roger Myers Sr., the gentle genius behind Itchy and Scratchy loved and cared about almost all the peoples of the world (laughs) and he in return was beloved by the world except in 1938 when he was criticized for his controversial cartoon nazi supermen are our superiors (laughs) great stuff I love that. It's it's a great parody of the fawning Disney documentaries you'll see at Disneyland of like, Walt Disney, the greatest man who ever lived. <laughs> Where they just step this. over his character flaws. <laughs> yes. you know? Well, that's what also the film, um, Mr., uh, the, the the film about the making of Mary Poppins, Mr. Brooks? That was, but, I think something like that. Uh, yeah. But in it, it was the first time they'd ever like had somebody play Walt Disney. Tom Hanks plays Walt <laughs> Disney. And they wouldn't, Disney still was like, you can imply, the Disney Corporation was like, you can have him mention that he smokes cigarettes, but we really are uncomfortable with you showing Walt Disney smoking. He's yeah. like, well, he died of fucking lung cancer, you know? It's, I'm sure there's a million videos of him smoking. Yeah, but... but yeah. The, so the Nazi supermen are our superiors. <laughs> it is obviously a joke about the assumed anti-Semitism of Walt Disney, which, were Chris here, I would also agree with him. He'd point out that, like, that uh, records of that are spotty at best. <laughs> that he, he more so... I would definitely agree he hated union organizers, and a lot of them were Jewish, and he didn't like those Jews union organizing. But I don't, I am also of the belief I don't think he was any more anti Semitic than the average rich man was in 1940. I also want to say all of our listeners should go listen to You Must Remember This, a great podcast. They have uh-huh. an entire episode about the Disney strike, an entire like 13 part episode about the blacklist. Mm. And basically, what you learn is it all comes down to money. Yes. And it's okay, so Disney didn't want unions in his organization because money. Yep. What is a good way to uh, gin up fear and distrust of people in unions? You associate them with uh, undesirables, like at that time it was black people mm. jewish people foreigners mm-hmm. you could easily paint all those people with the same brush and, yeah. and gin up hysteria for them so. fortunately that doesn't happen now nobody no. scapegoats any other people to get away from blaming capitalism <laughs> for stuff but but, <laughs> but i love that series though because yeah. you got in trouble you lost your job you were blacklisted if you hated hitler before it was cool to hate that's, hitler that's it's like one of my fascist fa- hatred uh, that's one of my favorite yeah. things of like th- when they look back on people to to call communists in the 50s they're like well before Pearl 
Pearl Harbor, you were against Hitler. And the only reason you do that is if Joseph Stalin was paying you to hate Hitler. It's like, there's no other reason <laughs> that you can hate Hitler in America before Pearl Harbor. And unless you're a Jew. And then they, they but, but then if you're a Jew, you're probably a communist too. Uh, bringing communism to America. But yeah, the, the yeah, it was, uh, unnaturally proto, uh, proto anti fascist or something. Something like that. Some weird thought crime. That when I heard that, I was like, holy shit like it it blew my mind like oh yeah that's always been america like that's always it's uh, another defense of disney thing i will say is that he never made a pro-nazi cartoon and in fact made anti-nazi cartoons which were funded propaganda by the taxpayers yeah he didn't just do them because he hated it the best one probably to watch is der fuhrer's face it's great it's great it it is a great cartoon one of the best like animated ones ever it is also pure propaganda like like when Donald wakes up from his dream that he is a Nazi <laughs> and that he he literally wakes up in in American flag cl- uh, pajamas and then kisses kisses a statue of liberty right. a golden statue of liberty and then says i'm so happy to be an american citizen they kind of wow. gloss over the major problems of nazi germany yes the, the main gist of it is if you were in nazi germany you'd be working really hard yeah that's i well hey they still got in uh, jokes to say that Goebbels is gay. They okay, still good. Got in that, and of course Hirohito, like he uh, he looks different. He's basically a gecko. Yeah, in that. like he he has green skin. Gross. But uh, so it's, it's is, yeah. is this whole thing ignoring the fact that like in the Itchy and Scratchy movie episode they made Itchy and Scratchy beat up Hitler? Yes. Well, see. 1938 was when he made Nazi uh, Nazi ah. Superman are our superiors. In 38, you could be kind of friends with Hitler oh. in America. Yeah, he backed the wrong horse back then. Yeah, he. But there were lots of uh, people who backed the wrong uh, horse yeah, before yeah. before Lindbergh. <laughs> Lin, yeah, Lindbergh. Or there was also. Uh, oh my God! On the on the Chapo Trap House podcast, I learned about how like. The guy who wrote the Harvard fight song You're was right. best friends with was like good pals with Hitler wow. and helped write like <laughs> Nazi anthems and then wow. and then afterwards like they they never talk they like just welcome back like yeah the guy who wrote the Hitler fight song come back or the guy who wrote the, the Hitler fight, fight song, song. Yes. <laughs> they never talk so lots of people were friends with him it's a great <laughs> moment in Citizen Kane where they are playing back Citizen uh, Charles Foster's Kane's life You're right yeah and showing like and infamy and showing him shaking hands with Hitler. That's still a better special effect than anything in Forrest Gump. I have to say it held up a lot better. But speaking of special effects, there was a Scratchtasia. Yeah, Scratchtasia is beautiful. It's I rewatched Sorcerer's Apprentice after watching that. I was like, it is so perfect. The animators do it perfectly of the the Mickey shattering, like chopping to death. The broom scene is exactly the same. It's some of the most fluid animation done that the animators went hog wild with Scratch. It's a lot to ask the TV animators, make this look like a classic Disney thing and more frames. Some of the best animation of all time. Make it look like that. But I have to point out so in Itchy and Scratchy the movie, it was a big deal that Itchy and Scratchy were having a movie. They've had several movies throughout history. Ah, <laughs> uh, you're right. You know? You're right. Come on, Pinicchio, Scratchtasia. But I was also trying to think, watching this, like, it was rare to see Scratchy do violence to Itchy. 
Oh, yeah. Which I was trying to remember the True. last time or uh, any at, other time. At times, him. Scratchy will do violence if Itchy gets him back. Though, of course, in Homer Goes to College, it was a major moment that Itchy, or where Scratchy finally yeah. gets Itchy. And they could never show it again. <laughs> not, not in a million years. Like, I mean, like even attempted violence on Itchy, that's true. That, that it, is foiled. I can only think of when they were using the guns on each other, but that was like mm, yeah, way back during but, yeah. but in that, but obviously it was to, you can't kill Itchy and the, yeah. the I love the breaking down of the cells. It had, it was kind of it almost With tiny like, axes. It, it almost felt like Futurama y yeah. sciencey stuff. Like, well, if you could chop down the broom into yeah. twenty pieces and they come back as brooms that size, does that work infinitely? Yeah. If you were to chop it into dust, would they then <laughs> just be more brooms? I got to say, a major bummer in looking up the Sorcerer's Apprentice. I forgot that there was a live action movie with Nicolas Cage <sighs> in twenty ten, yeah, yeah. and I'm thinking, what could that even be about? Yeah, I know it has nothing to do with the animated short. They're just coasting on the name or whatever. But yeah. Jesus Christ, who Nicholas, gives a shit? Nicholas Cage is Yen Sid, and he's teaching a Shia LaBeouf type how to be a sorcerer. Yeah. As as we point out many times. Uh, Chris has smartly pointed out until they spent four billion dollars on Marvel and then another four billion on Star Wars, they needed they tried to make yeah. their old rides and cartoons into things for young men. And, yeah, and it worked for uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, but this not so, not so much for the Haunted Mansion. Though. Yeah, or oh, yeah. Country Bears, or uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, then then we get the return of Cletus. Oh no, get me a picture of this crazy creator. <laughs> Uh, no flash photography, please. God, I How feel... did he afford that? How did he afford <laughs> to get to the park? <laughs> yeah. That's true. I'm going to think he snuck in. Yeah. I, I'd say that. I got to say, Cletus has gotten more articulate over there. Look at my paper. Like, you can barely understand <laughs> what he's saying. That's true. It's so he got big. less. He got, he got, his hillbilly factor was toned down over <laughs> yes. the years. Now you can understand what he's saying. And uh, it is a real flaw in the, in the robots that flash photography kills them, which, yeah. like, there would always be flash photography yeah. in the park. They'd be at like 800 times a day. I think I they figured think. since the robots are outside, people would turn their flashes off because it's not going <laughs> to do anything if you're outside. That's true. And man, I wince every time I see that eyeball poke out joke in the <laughs> yeah. Pinicchio. Like, ah, but I like it. It goes, ouchie. Like, <laughs> well, you'll ouchie. be good. Uh, yeah, that Castle Net on the commentary points out that like he's... He's recognizing he's defaming his Italian ancestry uh-huh. with, with that voice. But just itchy, like, laughing for that extra few seconds so the robot yeah. can burst through. Yeah, to, to imply how desensitized <laughs> they are. That, I do like that extra <laughs> laughing. It's, it's kind of... It'd be weird to think of that in the movie. Yes. <laughs> and uh, full time. They gotta make it to 90 minutes, at least. Then we get the second appearance of the Little Bastards brand for the Stink Bomb. Bart the, the traveling kit, yeah. And, and I love the... I just love all the sounds of the guys in the shoes. Like, <laughs> it's just water to entertain, yeah. and that's where the SS uniform <laughs> guards like uh, show yeah. up to capture them. Like, yeah, they're, they're really getting much clearer on the Nazi imagery yeah. and, and the Westworld imagery too. If you see, so any of the scenes in this episode of people like looking at monitors, talking into microphones, that's Westworld. Mm-hmm. Anytime they're in the like the itchy and scratchy land bunker with stark white walls and long hallways, that's also Westworld. Yes. Anytime there are robots strapped down and they're taking them apart that's also Westworld including when they take the face off of Scratchy yeah. or Itchy they do that with Yul Brenner in uh, Westworld yeah it's it's a great scene in Westworld he doesn't scream and I love like no. why do they scream actually yeah let's hear that mop and bucket man to the exit of the nauseator we have another jumper in the roof of TGM Scratchies. we need more port license plates in the gift shop I repeat we are sold out of port license plates I really wish they wouldn't scream <laughs> A little... 
Yeah. But the the, the callback to Bort, I yeah. think that cemented it as a forever thing. Like, the Bort scene is great, but then having the callback. That is a great callback. It, I, I think it makes it perfect, <laughs> the Bort stuff. But I think one of my favorite nonsensical lines in an episode that has a lot of nonsensical lines uh, Bart saying before he attacks the, uh, I forget if it's itchy or scratchy, but before he attacks the puppet, uh, so you think you're God's gift to women, eh? Yeah, it's itchy. And it's itchy. Yeah. It's itchy, and it's like, but he's just performing in front of families. Yeah. I just wanted to entertain. Yeah, it's so weird that that's where he... I feel like there's it's something a, missing, or it's just like... If it's a, a reference to, to a movie, I, mm. I don't know. I, and, and, I think Bart is jealous of Itchy because Itchy's getting all the attention. He's uh, a guy in a costume getting attention, <laughs> and he assumes that's the coolest thing you could be as a guy in an, in an Itchy suit. <laughs> oh, and I didn't mention it before, but the um, the I love their vacation outfit design. Oh, me too. It's, yeah, it's they're very new cute. new designs for them, and that, especially Lisa in her like, drawstring mm-hmm. pullover and pants, like that... I think because she would be kind of cold at that amusement yeah. park. Yeah. Just a regular Marge dress. in her nice sweater. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very cool. And, Homer in a green jacket. And yeah. Marge trying to get those personalized <laughs> shirts. I, I just love the line, your older, balder, fatter, fatter son. son. Yeah. And that, uh, and then Marge wishes to be thrown in a hole. Like, <laughs> uh, thrown in the hole. Like, <laughs> yes, <laughs> the German soldiers. They have to be German just to yeah. make it even more clear. Like, these are SSU. And then <laughs> they're going to kill her. And... Uh, yeah, then we get another scene that's basically a combo Westworld Jurassic Park scene. You've got to listen to me. Elementary chaos theory tells us that all robots will eventually turn against their masters and run amok in an orgy of blood and kicking and the biting with the metal teeth and the hurting and shoving. How much time do we have, Professor? Well, according to my calculations, the robots won't go berserk for at least 24 hours. <laughs> Oh, I've got to uh, carry the what? <laughs> he breaks their necks yeah. like they're dead. Yeah. But his arms just shoot out and grab both of them <laughs> by the neck. And I was glad in that scene that was Frank because I think if they didn't have a Frank, they would have just had a Jeff Goldblum type yeah. to yeah. give that speech. And the that scene is basically in Westworld to say the robots are going to go crazy, but. Saying chaos theory that makes it the uh, Jurassic Park. He's no, he's no dreamy Ian Malcolm. Yeah. Yes, in, yeah. In, in Westworld, what happens is a a, a robot snake bites uh, James Brolin, mm-hmm. and then they cut back to that uh, you know bunker or whatever, saying, "Oh, that should never happen. There should be a point zero zero three margin of error." And then as the movie goes on, the error escalates until everyone is dead. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, then when they get freed, Homer talks about how he's a political prisoner, and <laughs> I, I do love that line. Like, do I have to die a, draw you a diagram? <laughs> Should be so obvious. Uh, and then they get confronted by the robots, which Homer thinking the robots in love with him is a really dumb joke, but I love it. Super Looney Tunes. Hey, look, this one's coming on to me. Yoo-hoo, Mr. Robot! <laughs> he pulls out a handkerchief like that. <laughs> Only in cartoons, yeah. like and in the 1930s, did anybody wave, wave a handkerchief yeah. at, a, at at someone. And then Homer is like responsive to yeah. a robot being in love with him yeah, too. Really open minded. Like, it's <laughs> funny. It's funny. And I think this is the first time they recognize Homer in universe has only two heirs and yeah. gets, his, gets them chopped off and it kind of remains that way for much of the rest of the oh, scene wow. that he yeah. has in a lot of shots you'll see his two little hairs like when he says nobody does this but me maybe the boy like he <laughs> still has the nubs of hair not the full comb over I, watching this episode like every time it always just feels abrupt that they go from like daytime 
go to the jail, mm-hmm. then it's nighttime. And there's, like, no, like, park closing scene or yeah, something. I guess you can... In, I inferred of just, like, the time it took them to free Homer and Bart, to, it was, yeah. like, hours or at yeah. least an hour, so it lets sunset pass. And they're the last people there, and they're being let out. But mm-hmm. I gotta say, this third act is so short. It's, like, a three-minute yeah, act. You're right. Yeah. You're right. I, but it's... It's it, great, yeah. I just noticed how short it was it's, after it's, watching it again. It's great and action-y. I love this cutaway. I know we should have gone to the bird sanctuary. I need the biggest seed bell you have. <laughs> no, that's too big. So they, I, I've said that a million times. Like, <laughs> no, that's too big. I want to see the size of the seed bell that they told him about. <laughs> yes, that, uh, so that implies that if they had gone to the bird sanctuary instead of being in a Westworld parody, they'd be in a bird's parody, oh. which is, is that scene exactly is in the birds of Tippy Hedren is in a telephone booth right. and the birds are smashing into it. It would have made for a less exciting episode, but they probably could have outrun the robots. They only just kind of marched pretty towards slow. them. Yeah. Everybody else did, but well, they do outrun the robots yeah. to get to the escape helicopter, but then there's nowhere left to run, yeah. which I guess at the very least that implies why they came in in a helicopter, that it's why they can't just... If this happened at Disney World, you leave Disney World. You, if you have to run on foot out of Disney World, you can do it. If you are on an island, then you can't, and you are trapped fighting the robots. I'll run out so. of energy eventually. And, and I liked uh, when you get to hell, tell him she sent you. That's a funny line, but that he said like you didn't like our capering. Like, <laughs> that he used the word capering was very fun. It's a very specific I liked choice. It. Yes, and uh, and then there's a very weird ADR line where Marge goes like, "Looks like we're doomed," which just it felt like yeah. I, I felt like ADR just for pacing reason, and it's footage you're going to see like in a minute, in mm. less than a minute. It's so it's it's really recognizable recycled animation. Mm. I feel like they it was just an EP decision of we need to let people know they're worried they're going to die. Yeah, or this is a very serious situation. Yes, uh, but then they discover a way out. Dad, the Flash must have scrambled their circuits. Are you the narrator? Ugh, just- <laughs> Smashy, smashy. I don't approve of that. <laughs> That's a great Marge line. I also like the scene before with Homer throwing just random objects out of his jacket and <laughs> yes. pants, including his underwear at the robots. I, I love that. And that he somehow had, had a banana with him the mm-hmm. entire time. Yeah. That Homer, I, I, I think the joke, too, is that in a movie, the first or second thing Homer would have thrown would have been the camera just to get <laughs> to it. But that he has to throw six things yeah. before he throws his camera. Two which, pocketfuls of change. Which, by the way, people, before phones existed, there were these things called cameras that only took photos. And they had flashes on them. So I'm that, a little confused that... So the... The cameras are what started them going crazy. No, no, no. No? It's separate. Cameras kill the robots, but it's elementary chaos theory just says that eventually the robots will malfunction. But doesn't Cletus' camera? He kills a robot with it, but it does not cause them to break. So they are interrelated, but not one doesn't cause the other. Uh. uh, The Cletus scene just introduces the way it is. It is the uh, Chekhov's gun, pretty much, or Chekhov's hillbilly. (laughs) Uh, of introducing that and it was a very murkin wonderful murkin moment of 
Homer calling out Lisa's <laughs> exposition. Like, yeah. What are you, the narrator? Like, He's annoyed by the solution <laughs> to their problems. And and I love Bart. It's such a great Bart moment of you like, well, I could smash more <laughs> things. And then hmm. Nobody can stop me. I and just like that. And smashy, smashy. And, uh, and yeah, just some great action scenes of the Simpsons killing robots all night long. And uh, I also, this if it wasn't for Bart, this would be my line of the show. It's good. Mine. And I'll say cheese. The drag cool wit like that, I could be an action hero. Die, bad robot! Huh. Die! <laughs> With a dry cool wit like that, I Who could be Who would have thought that our visit <laughs> to Scratchy Lane would turn out to be our best vacation ever? They really don't do jokes like that. Yeah, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Speaking over other people. Yeah, speaking over other people. Bart recognizing that Homer's repeating his joke. Yeah. And it was also a worse joke that Homer shouldn't have congratulated himself on. <laughs> yes. Die, bad robots! Yeah, it wasn't even funny. Bart's yeah. delivery at least is Arnold Schwarzenegger-esque. But that it's it's such a great moment of Bart recognizing he's in a show. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's so beautiful. Uh, and, and the talking over Homer, I wish yeah. they did do that more. Uh, and then... It's weird he, that, like, they make jokes out of Arnold puns, and yeah. the worst is still yet to come with Batman and Robin. Oh, uh, yeah, it's true. All the <laughs> ice puns. Yeah. Ice freeze, cold, cool. Those those are really bad, but I would say your luggage before he shoots an alligator in a racer is mm. the worst one. Yeah. I'm a big fan of stick around in mm. a Predator when he throws yeah. the knife into the guy. That is good. I mean, all the best, his best ones are in, uh, the, what is it, Commando? Where he's uh. like, I'm going to kill you last. They're like, fuck. <laughs> Fuck you. No, fuck you. <laughs> and uh, well, and speaking of wishes, I really wish this was Alex Rocco. Me but too. It's a, it's a funny line. It's Homer being an expert negotiator, though. <laughs> As Roger Myers Jr., the owner of the park, I'd like to thank you for stopping the killer robots. And to show my appreciation, here are two free passes. But there are five of us. Here are two free passes. That's better. Huh. Man, this is happening here. I, I hate to think what's happening in your itchy and scratchy land. Right. Hello? Itchy and Scratchy Land, open for business. Who are you to resist it, huh? Come on, my last paycheck bounced. My children need wine. J'étais pas photocall. Tout j'ai gone sous couchon. Okay. Uh, based on my research, that French is gibber- it's gibberish. It's all gibberish, yeah. yeah. He just made up some French. Impressively ad-libbing fake French, I gotta Which, say. Mm-hmm. It was also cut out of uh, syndication. Oh. Those, those last two French lines. And as a matter of fact, I think the, the entire scene... goes on a little long. I think the, the entire scene afterwards is also cut. Oh, really? It, it oh. felt abrupt to me. But, yeah. the, uh, but that obviously is a reference to Euro Disneyland, now called Disneyland Paris. Mm-hmm. Nope. Uh, which had just opened in 1992. That's so right. So just two years before this. But I remember jokes outside of The Simpsons, mm-hmm. like talking about how like desolate and unpopular it was. It was famously still? unpopular. Uh, at the time, it was famously yeah. unpopular. The The story on opening day, I, I looked into this mm-hmm. a bit. The story on opening day was that they thought there'd be terrible traffic coming there, so they actually encouraged people to not come. of just like, hey, be ready <laughs> for bad traffic. And then nobody came, so mm-hmm. it was like 25,000 people were there the first day, which is a very low number mm-hmm. for a theme park. Yeah. And it's still been a big loss. Uh, apparently, it's kind of... It's kind of that Disney doesn't have direct control over it. It's more like they licensed it to a oh. bunch of big companies in Europe to then build in, and it's sort of like a a um, real estate scheme mm-hmm. too. Interesting, uh, yeah. but it's weird. But it was created in the same way that Tokyo Disney Sea and Tokyo Disneyland were created, and those are awesome. Mm-hmm. But I think too, it is uh, that it feels like a cultural thing that apparently in, in both England and the rest of Europe, Disney isn't mm-hmm. not known. Like Disney isn't unknown there, but it doesn't really 
really have the love that like Americans or the Japanese have for it. Yeah, I did so. a little crack in the books on this because oh, I yes. remember all of those jokes in 90 sitcoms about Euro Disneyland and how no one liked it. You're right, uh, Hank. 25,000 in its uh, first uh, season, I guess. They expected 60,000, but there was also a recession happening in France. But from having studied French and forgotten all of it, I know for a fact that there is a certain resistance towards American pop culture in France. There is a committee in France that is engineered to mm. keep uh, like American words out of the French language. So wow. I feel like Japan loves American mm. culture. America mm. loves American culture, obviously, oh, yes. but maybe not so much Europe. But France loves the culture that we hate. Like, yes, yeah, Jerry Lewis. Uh, Jerry <laughs> well, but then Japan loves France too. It's, mm. it's got, but yeah, it was. I think it was that too. It's definitely. In, in the early 90s especially, you could find no more, like, symbolic of American imperialism in pop culture than Disney. Oh, yeah. I think you yeah, there's more now. I'd say Transformers, actually, is, is a bigger ex, uh, representative of it. But that so there, there was a rejection of that. And, too, that reminded me, Bob, that I saw that it was partially France's uh, much better for workers laws didn't really mesh well with Disney's not good for workers laws and and that a lot of there was really high turnover with the with the people who worked in there because they're like oh these these laws (laughs) your American rules in France fucking suck compared to where I work in other places (laughs) wow I didn't know that I do have written down that in 1995 it started turning a profit so this joke was about to become dated too Uh though in 2015 apparently it was still struggling enough that like Disney had to Basically, forgive a billion dollars in debt on it to keep it open. It was wow. like, well, either Euro Disneyland will close, which would be a terrible thing for Disney's image, or they have to give a billion. They have to be like, all right, don't give us a billion dollars. Like, just <laughs> just stay open. So, I don't know. I've never been there. I think it'd be fun to check it out, Disneyland Paris. Uh, I've I've actually never been to Disneyland. It's I, great. I said it before. I, I I love the Magic Kingdom. I loved Tokyo Disney Sea because obviously Japan does everything better. Uh, but <laughs> but I, I would like to check out the now called Disneyland Paris. Mm. And uh, that they have like a, ratty t- a ratatouille thing that just opened there, which is, I believe, exclusive to, to that sense. park, which obviously, obviously mm. ratatouille. Makes sense. There. Uh, and then the ending moral seems very tacked on. But knowing the thing you mentioned at the start about how this was all inspired by how itchy and scratchy affects children this is clearly Merkin speaking to the audience about why you shouldn't worry I just love the dull artless violence in this clip yes (laughs) I hope you realize now that violence on TV may be funny but it's not so funny when that violence is happening to you but it would be funny to someone who is watching us (laughs) no mom he's right observe ow <laughs> oh my Lisa go to your room uh, I guess Mark is kind of upset with herself too that yeah, Lisa yeah. showed her she was a bad person she was she was mad at Lisa for proving her uh, hypocrisy yeah. so, and then that's why Lisa's grumbles like I didn't do anything yeah. wrong yeah. I guess that's the weird part is that it doesn't so much end on a joke but it ends on the reaction to a joke yeah, yeah, he's laughed true. at Bart getting hit and mm. then and then We're it just ends like Lisa go to your room yeah. it's uh, actually not unlike the I didn't do it episode it uh. ends with Lisa going to her room oh you're right <laughs> but she chose to go to her room yeah I, <laughs> yeah I feel like the message is he's trying to say violence on TV is fine violence against real people is mm. not and there's a huge difference and these are cartoon characters so shut up yeah so violence against you, robots great yeah uh-huh. I, I mean you know hey I, I am less as strict of like cartoon violence doesn't matter at all I do think as I I feel we have a South Park generation of 
of people now that like terrify me. So <laughs> I do think things inspire people like, but bad politics uh, are worse than any violence. Yes. I I'd say more so than that. And so I don't, I'm, I am also fine with cartoon violence. I, I do think there are cartoons that like, it should never not be available. Like Durfuhrer's face should always be available. You should be able to look it up. I wouldn't show it to kids under 10 who didn't <laughs> know what Nazis are or the, yeah. the historical context. Like, I think it was worse when I was a kid that like they got those World War II cartoons or blatantly racist cartoons just yes. as part of a pack of Looney Tunes crap. I had to ask my mom what war bonds were and rations and stuff. Like, <laughs> yes. what are they talking about? Or what blackface minstrelsy was? Like, <laughs> What's in, this four F thing? In, in the epi- yeah, what is four F? Or I mean, the one that I feel so uncomfortable about now is the. It is a very funny. Bugs Bunny cartoon where Elmer Fudd is a Mountie and he's mm, attacking I've a Mountie and then at the end Bugs is going to is being sentenced to death and is like well what's your last wish in front of a firing squad like I wish I wasn't Dixie hooray and then it is a smash cut to them performing that song in blackface that's right which at a time when blackface is an acceptable kind of <laughs> comedy then it's just a funny cutaway They're like this is how we end the episode ah! <laughs> now it's very uncomfortable to see Bugs Bunny in blackface and and I'd like to think in the 40s there were lots of people who were uncomfortable with it so I'm not apologizing for that but uh, the kids in my youth had much worse cartoons just because they would license anything to just fill time on TV. Yeah. Now there's too much original content, so there's no need to show old Looney Tunes to kids. It only exists to be watched by old Dorcases who <laughs> want to see old cartoons. I mean, we turned out okay. That's why we're recording a two-hour podcast yes. about a 22-minute show. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> it's our, probably our longest episode ever. I'm so afraid for the next one. But thank you for listening, everybody. This has been Talking Simpsons. I have been your host, Bob Mackey, and you can find me on Twitter as Bob Servo. My other podcast is Retronauts. You can find that at Retronauts.com or look up Retronauts in your podcast machine every Monday and occasionally Friday. It's a classic gaming podcast. If you just go into the archives, you'll I'm sure you'll find one that you want to listen to and uh, go from there, I say. And uh, I'm H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter. And if you want to know when new episodes go live, you can check it out right there on Twitter. And also, if you listen to this ad-free, that's because you're one of our wonderful patrons. So thank you very much. And if you aren't, What's the matter, you, huh? <laughs> nah, but seriously, sign up for our Patreon. $5 a month will net you every episode of The Simpsons going forward, uh, ad-free and, and uh, a week early. Not to mention, we have already started posting Talking Critic, where we're going to go through every episode of The Critic from so the beginning. And that will only be on Patreon, $5 a month. And for $10 a month, you get access to some extra cool video-exclusive things there. Patreon.com slash Talking Simpsons. Uh, and if you loved all of the uh, theme park references in this episode, mm-hmm. we just did a Laser Time episode somewhat recently about uh, theme park, uh, specifically Universal Studios and Disney and all the attractions that have now since been decommissioned and what mm-hmm. replaced them and all the history uh, where within. And uh, there's also Laser Time's Patreon, patreon.com slash laser time. We have the weekly show bonus time, uh, which there's also a recent episode that both of you guys are on. Mm-hmm. And, um, man, we, I'm surprised we haven't done Jurassic Park. We probably should at some point. Yeah. Or well, Westworld. You'll hit yes. another anniversary, I'm yes. sure. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next week with Sideshow Bob Roberts. See you then. Wow. 
infotainment.